So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. This is Machu Bidi alongside my critic companion crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And the unquestionable nude himself, Ashton Menzies. What up, what up, everyone? And this is another episode of BBB Radio. And uh, we had to kind of kick things off on a, on a sort of a sad note, because um, an icon, a TV icon, I must say, actually yes. passed away last week times recording here, man. Of course, we're talking about Nichelle Nichols, right? A.K.A. Yeah. You know, um, Uhura from the you know from the original series i should say tos of star trek man um she she yep. passed away um even and i'll just kick things off right so even before i jumped into tos because um slight spoiler i actually jumped into it like um late last year and that was just because of how much i enjoyed um season three of star trek discovery i was just like all right i need to watch tos like i now see why people love this so much. So I jumped in and I was enjoying it, right? But yeah, one character who always stood out to me, of course, was Uhura, right? And not just yeah. because she was black, but, you know, it's just because it was it was somebody like who in this sci-fi show. And, you know, it's just what it meant in terms of, you know, um, in terms of just the African-American struggle in the 60s and whatnot, right? So even yeah. as someone looking at it now, it's like, yeah, like this, this, is, this is revolutionary, right? <laughs> in every sense of the word, right? Um, for me though, it and, and you know it's unfortunate that I found this out uh, literally after that though. That's when I actually saw the interview where she pretty much talked about how she was literally about to quit the show and she was going to go back into theater. Right. And Martin Luther King himself like actually ran into her and told her like, "No, you need to stay there. Do you know what your presence in this show means?" And literally, you're, you're literally telling you know um, generations of, of of black kids that. Yeah, one day they could be they could be astronauts. They could actually explore space, just like her character does, right? And yeah, that that is just nothing short of inspirational to 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 me. And I would say to anybody, you know what I mean? But um, I mean, well, I know you, Ricardo. You 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 probably know way more about her, you know what I mean? Um, not just off of the off of the show itself, but off the movies and whatnot, right? But so I'll leave it up to you to just continue things off, man. But um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot more for me to know about her. Like, I mean, for one thing, I didn't even know that she was a singer prior to her acting on the show. I didn't know that she acted in you know other movies. So like, there was a a film called Truck Turner, which featured um the late great Isaac Hayes and you know um Yafet Koto. I didn't even know she was in that. You know what I mean? It, it was just so much that she did now. But, you know, it's just the, the thing with her is that we just always know her as uh, Uhura, uh, sorry, which is fine, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's just a testament to how um, impactful and inspirational of a character she is, man. So, not much more I could say, man. You know what I mean? Rest in peace to the great um, Nichelle Nichols. So, Ricardo, as a Trekkie, take it away. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, this, this is a, a pretty big one. Um yeah, you know that that famous MLK story is the, the one I, I yeah most of us tend to go to. Um, yeah, she was she was working with Jean on the Lieutenant, so that was Jean. I think had a couple shows before Star Trek got uh, picked up, and she was she knew him. And, and the kind of the running joke is that yeah, he, she was Jean woman, like basically you know at the same time with um, <laughs> with Margel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she she was always there, solid actress. She kind of was back and forth about it. Uh, the, the one thing about it is that okay, so Trek Trek has always been pretty good on race not so good on gender um right yeah, so, so yeah, good actually so good. yeah in yeah. general like they they well and I, i'll blame a lot of that on rick booman but like even gene himself was like yeah gene was still uh kind of backward with the exception of uhura um you know she i thought you know in retrospect they handle her mostly well except for a couple of weird episodes like the one where she loses her memory and she doesn't get back her memory like 
they, they, they just treat it like if well everybody memory just recorded on tapes or something like that but seriously like it's all kind of subjective anyway whatever. right uh, and yeah. I, I forgot to mention of course you know the first interracial kiss on tv right you know, no, no, which that, I still yeah, I still that, haven't got to that episode because yeah. I'm still in the middle of season three. I haven't reached it's, there yet, right? Yeah, but that's, um, that's, that, it, that it looks interesting from the shot know, that I saw. <laughs> yeah, that fact that fact is not entirely true. Uh, it had a couple okay. of examples of interracial uh, kisses before, but like there's a big one, like because it was like a big prime time event kind of thing. So that's like that's why everybody thinks it's the first one because it's the biggest one by far. It got maybe I don't understand time slot and when people watching television and that kind of stuff now. All all them TV mechanics. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she uh, she stick around. She she you know keep keep with the franchise. Um, for the most part, she yeah she's she's the first in, in terms of this making making people think about the future and space and this act this positive future in terms of race and and uh, gender in the future. You know yeah even though she kind of play a glorified receptionist in, in the original a little bit. Um, the, yeah, the other the other cool. incarnations of her. You know, they, they update the, the character in really intelligent ways, like the Zoe Saldana version and uh, this, uh, what's her name, Sir, Celia Argooding. Um, okay, from she, uh, Changing Worlds. Sure, yeah, sure, right. Yeah, they, 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 they kind of update the character in really smart ways to make it work. So, yeah, that's basically what they did, uh, for what it was. Uh, yeah, I is this is a big one we lose. Uh, it's really, really sad and unfortunate. I know she had a, she didn't have the best quality of life uh, in the last, in the end of her career, and we was talking about Elder, so what. Um, so but anyway, so she eventually she she has passed. Uh, yeah, from the original cast, and then there were three. I mean, wow. I mean, Bill Shatner, like he outliving all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I I didn't even know about these other two. So yeah, what were the other two um persons? Oh no, right. So uh, David Warner. Um, oh right. Actor, right. Yes. So David Warner played a handful of characters. He played Chancellor Gorkon in Star Trek Six, I think. If I remember correctly, and then he okay. played one of my favorite villains in Star Trek ever, a character called Gul Madred, in probably one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. Um, Chain of Command. Just watch that right, episode. That, that, that's um, TNG, right? Yeah, TNG. Just watch that episode. Right. It will fuck you up. God, that character was a psychopath. Holy shit! <laughs> he was like well, a. I, I, I already, I already knew I got to enjoy that episode. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I didn't know he was in Star Trek, but I kind of not surprised he seemed. Yeah, no, he played. He played. I forget what the character he played in Star Trek Five as well. Um, he played a human scene something. I forget the character. So I, as no, was never what's up. But but and, and Star Trek Five is like like well outside of ten and Star Trek Five is like universally healed as the worst Star Trek movie ever made. Yeah, and, and that's true. Yeah, that's, right. well, in my opinion, it is. I find it one of the worst Star Trek. Uh, hmm. But yeah, he was a character in that as well. I think that's when he was introduced into the franchise. He was, he was that, and then he came back for six as the Klingon uh, in that. And then, uh, uh, well, the other another Star Trek family person, uh, he had one episode, but he was a pretty, well, controversial character, to say the least, uh, Paul Savino. Um, oh, he was in Star Jesus Christ, I didn't even know he was in Star Trek. And yet, at the same time, I'm not surprised. Right, so Paul Savino, we know him as well, Paulie from Goodfellas, right? So, uh, yeah. But... Uh, he played he played Worf's adopted brother. Uh, uh, what? Yeah, Worf. Alright, so Worf is adopted uh, from humans. The, the, those two humans had a, a biological son, and we get to meet that character in late TNG. Uh, I think season uh, seven. Okay. Okay. So he plays he plays a character called Nikolai Roshenko. Right. Uh, I absolutely right. hate this character to be honest, but yeah, but, but he was pretty good in the episode. Uh, yeah. So yeah, rest in peace, Paul Sabino. Rest in peace. Uh, uh, oh gosh. David uh, Warner. Yeah. yeah. Warner. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it it just you know we lose some Star Trek people today. So yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. the last couple of weeks. So yeah, that's about that's what. That's yeah, what but you know, for me, I mean, I know David Warner in other films. I know Paul Savino in other films, but I did not know that he went Star Trek man. So yeah, thank thanks for for pointing that out, man. I really appreciate that. Right. 
so uh, let's talk about episode two of Visa Claw, right? This is the newest episode of the GT Network miniseries Visa Claw, which is technically a spin-off of the uh, recently, you know, released TV series, uh, web series, sorry, uh, Magnolia, right? And pretty much, yeah, it just pretty much follows where the last episode stopped off, where you see our hero Visa Claw, and you know the the, the this, this random Trinidadian guy who you know more or less is the is the not so much a guide, but just like a traveling partner, if you will, for for our hero as he goes about his quest, right? And they kind of get themselves into you know a little bit of shenanigans and whatnot here or there. Um, one in particular involving a warrior and. For the life of me, when I saw this instantly, what came to mind was a little music video called Mud Madness from, you know, the great Tree Canal, right? If you're familiar with that video, you know what I'm talking about, right? So it's very juvie-like, that's what I'm saying, in terms of the reveal of this character here, right? So while Visa Claw is going about on his mission now, um, his mother, you know, I mean, Queen Lucinda, um, we actually follow up on her as well, right? And she pretty much is kind of investigating um, this issue involving um, Excalibur, right? She's kind of investigating that. So Excalibur is pretty much what kind of spurred our hero to go on his mission in first place. But she kind of learning that there's some stuff that's going on. So maybe what she believes and what her son believes, you know, aren't true. So that's all we'll say. But, you know, it kind of leaves it all there in the open for now, right? And then finally, we, we, we follow up on Nalene and uh, where, where the last episode was. Basically, she was in the middle of training. She's in this forest here, but she's hearing voices. She's actually hearing her own voice, but in a distorted manner. And, you know, it's pretty much kind of demeaning her and telling her that she isn't worth it. And, you know, she's terrible and all that kind of stuff, right? And then she finally, like, sees for herself exactly where the voice comes from. And I'll stop right there, right? So, um... Just to get the good out of the way, right? Um, visually, um, again, this is just another great episode, true and true. Uh, whether it's the green screen, you know, com uh, composite effects, you know, composite visuals in the background and whatnot, or the natural visuals themselves, right? And just to touch on that for a bit, um, you know, just just seeing just the locales where we see Visa Claw and Keith, who is the Trinidadian, you know, what I mean, just seeing them walk through these sort of like. Um, this sort of like isolated sandy areas, right? I know it's over by Claxon Bay around that area, basically. But just those visuals look excellent, in my opinion, right? Um, and then, of course, you know the the drone shots look very, very impressive as well, right? And yeah, you know, it it just makes for this great sort of like you know it it, it makes for a great sci-fi will, right? That that's all I would say, right? But um, in terms of like the reveal of the warrior, that was, that was pretty interesting as well. I'm not gonna say who the who the who the actor playing the warrior is, but all I had to say is that, yo, this, this this guy is clearly destined to be an action star, man. I mean, he is already, but I know that there's so much more that he could do in terms of the action movie or film realm, man. You know what I mean? Because he just has that presence, and I mean, he have the moves on and whatnot, right? Although I do wish that the fight ran for a little bit longer, though. It just kind of comes and stops, right? And that, that that's just the problem there, right? And that, to me, kind of leads to the main gripe that I have with this episode, man. It was... Unbelievably short though, like like oddly short though, and this is an episode that also includes a previously on moment, um, sorry, segment at the beginning, and then of course the title cards and whatnot, the end title sequence at, at, at the end, right? So I was a little like confused as to the why this episode was so short, right? 
Now understand, you know, what I mean in terms of just like um like the production of shows like this, you know, what I mean time is not usually something that you know um Ansel um uh, has been able to control, you know, um hundred percent of the time. Uh, case in point, you know, there were there were there were a few episodes of Magnolia that kind of ran a little too short and whatnot, right? So while the first episode I felt could have gone a little bit longer. Um, this one, yeah, the episode, this this episode here clearly could have gone on for like at least five or ten more minutes. Like you could tell that there's just so much story that could be told, right? And while I do appreciate where um, where this this episode ends now, you know, it, it, it makes for like a great reveal and whatnot. Um, I'm not going to say what happens, but it's in the trailer. Um, I, I still wish that we got more in between there, right? Um, there's a considerate amount of time spent on the character of uh, Queen Lucinda, which I appreciate. And just her more or less kind of trying to investigate this thing with um, Excalibur and whatnot. But still, even that and all too, this kind of came and went, right? And even worse now with Laleen as well too, because there's a great reveal involving her as well, right? And like I told you, we were going to see more of that. But unfortunately, that's kind of just delegated to one scene. So again, um, I just find it kind of odd that, you know, we just got a really short episode. So I don't know if that means with the last two episodes, if they're going to be just as long as the first one or if they're going to be like, really long and i mean i i, I just kind of just wish like this hope in my mind that one day you know um ansel could, and his team could get to the point where we could actually get like full i don't know like half hour long or hour long episodes but you know i i have no problem with the 20 minute stuff right but here it's just like wow like that's like half of that though like what's 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 going on here so um Again, I'm a little bit worried here, man, because I just think that there's just so much story that could be told, that could have been told, I should say, in this one episode. But, um, you know, unfortunately, we just have to wait till the, till the third one. But still, again, it's just like, mm, just feels like there's a lot missing here, man. So um, while I was not completely wowed by this episode, and this, this mainly is because of time, though, um, the consistency in terms of the, well, I should say the quality is still there. Whether it's the acting, the, um, the dialogue, the dubbing, the cinematography, the the color correction, yes, this 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 color correction, or I should say the colorist who work on this man. I, I mean, I know who it is. I mean, it's in the credits, but, you know, another, another job well done there, man. And uh, we also got another, like, stirring, you know, musical score at the very end of this episode here, man, which I would say rivals what we got in the first episode, right? So I would just assume, you know, I'm just going off the assumption that what we heard in the first episode is the main team. And this one kind of feels like, you know, maybe it's just like another team or just like uh, more or less meant to represent another moment or key moment in this overall narrative. But it works and it sounds just as great, just as stellar as the last one, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, not much more I could say. Um, solid episode again, but once again, boy, it's just that time, boy, was 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 the was the main flow of this one, unfortunately. So I do hope that with the last two episodes, we don't get like that ridiculously short length here. Um, I do hope that the 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 story is well played out you know what i mean by by the time we kind of like well, by the time this mini series wraps up and we kind of look back at everything and we're like okay everything kind of just play uh works works together you know what i mean it all kind of plays out into this grand story that you know totally works from a narrative perspective right um but again i just wish that we got more out of the second episode right so but still i mean it's it's solid for what it is though um it is absolutely worth checking out um if you've been enjoying you know this this series thus far um yeah yeah, yeah well i should say the last episode then yeah you're gonna really appreciate this um, second episode here as before you know you can check out um you know this episode here and the previous episode on you know G on the gt caribbean networks uh, website and yeah can't wait to see what we get with episode three all right so ashton 
you saw a little film called Carter. Um, I only saw a poster of this. And honestly, I had no clue what it was about. Let's kind of pick up on the fact that it's an action film. That's that's all I know. And it was released on Netflix. That That's all I really know, right? So, yeah. So, as, as someone who has no idea of what this show is about, and, you know, for people who probably do know what this show is about and just probably want to hear one's opinion in it. Um, yeah, Ashton, take it away. What is Carter about and how was it? All right. So, yeah, uh, Carter from Netflix, their new offering. Um, I think... That's my knowledge. It is a Korean movie, so filmed in uh, primarily South Korea, right? So movie starts off with this character named Carter in a bed, and then these agents burst through the door, right? And it's a weird situation. I mean, everything's just happening so fast, right? And then they show him a message that he sent. Um, a video that he had this doctor, all kind of madness is going on, right? So I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking to myself, what are they trying to tell me? What was the story here in this movie, right? So we just start, uh, I swear to you, within five minutes of this movie, somebody had get blown up with a, with a, a device, right? In the middle of everybody. And a fight happens with about a hundred men. One man versus a hundred men. And the one man didn't even get stabbed once. Right? Wait, now, you serious? I, yeah. In, 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 a world, in a world where we had movies like The Raid and The Raid 2, especially The Raid 2, you're telling me there's still the, the, a, a, a director, action director, I assume, decide to have a fight scene where a man facing off a hundred and the, and the man who is fighting the hundred and even get touched? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> And um, yo, that that's the kind of vibes the movie was giving me now. It was giving me Indonesian vibes now. I was like, yo, is this a is this an Indonesian movie? I was like, if this is an Indonesian movie, it's okay, right? But I'm seeing that it's not an Indonesian movie. It is actually a Korean movie. And I, the man, really respect Korean film and cinema and TV, right? I put all of them together because I don't know what people want to break up different different things into now. So, but I appreciate it, right? Because it's very well done, and this to me seemed like it was just made for. I don't know. I think they try to make this for a Western audience without understanding a Western audience really. You know what I mean? Okay, so so is it one of those kind of lost in translation kind of things like only it's it's only made for a South Korean audience, but it's trying to keep it to a Western audience at the same time. It has to. That that can be the only thing to make sense, right? Because, bro, I'm telling you, this movie starts off with this guy who kidnaps this doctor guy, and then this, then they're trying to find back the doctor guy, but then he has to go get his daughter from this place. Then the guy has to go, Carter has to go and get this doctor's daughter from this facility, and he has to transport her because she is the cure to the virus. That turning people into a kind of zombified version of themselves, you know? Like, wait, say what? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, I thought it was a straight action film, not no sci fi thing in it. What? Yeah, and then, and then the virus is spreading in the DMZ, right? And North Korea and South Korea have this guy as an agent, and he <sighs> is, um, you, you, you know, I signed the, the, the whole double agent shtick 
That's what I'm saying. No, but it's because North Korea and South Korea are working together in this movie. Oh, uh, oh, okay, okay. Right? That's that's interesting. Mm. And they're working against the CIA. And then maybe he was a CIA agent, but maybe he's a spy for the Koreans, or maybe he was a Korean agent, but he was a spy for the CIA. That kind of going on throughout the movie as well, right? Who is he really a spy for? And um I don't know, man. I find the movie try to do too much, and then I would, and there's some, it's just some unbelievable, like, okay, as you mentioned, Raid 1 and Raid 2, right? Those movies, I find, was good. Because they, they be real, the man get all the licks he had to get to, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he barely survived, right? Look at the um, end of Raid 2, yo. Look at the end of that movie. Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly, right? But this one, nah, boy, like, and I mean, the fight scene where he was fighting those hundreds of men, the whole situation that was going on in that room and the whole vibe is like, yo, nah, this is so unbelievable. Like, I know, you know what this movie's like? This movie's like Crank and John Yeah, I remember Wick. Crank, I remember Crank, yeah. Right, Crank and John Wick mixed, but like bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I get any, yeah. I get any vibe that it's trying to, it's doing a, like a bunch of like old action tropes. When I mean old, I mean like two thousands action tropes. But you know, just in a in a twenty twenties kind of context, but not in a good way. Yeah, and then and then again, something I've realized with Netflix these days, Netflix can't resist slapping type topography all over the screen, boy. Like Hong Kong, Macau. Dog. So th- this was one of my criticisms with the Grey Mantra. Like, literally, it was just globe hopping, globe trotting. Sorry, everywhere they had to go is boom, big thing, yeah, Hong Kong yeah, as like, a sea, or Macau, or um, Bangkok, or whatever. Same thing with the Grey Man, yeah. yeah. I mean, I find like it kind of, again, that getting tired, right? And then the uh, next thing they were doing is like stylized shots now. So, like. Uh-huh. These crazy dumb shots, like some of them don't make any sense. They don't help the action. In fact, they blur the action more than anything. They can't see what's really going on too good. Just to make any sense. I was like, well, what is the point of this? What, what is the point of, okay, so imagine, if you will, uh, you're a learned guy, right? Mm. So you, you know those Jap in Japan, right? There are those like red kind of gateways or walkways mm. but there's like multiple right so now imagine that kind of vibe over like a, a jacuzzi right but very thin and just over the jacuzzi but the same kind of thing right mm. so the shot rotates from a top-down view from them fighting to around to over the, the kind of lattice looking ship and then comes back around i was like but they block out all the action i ain't see nothing this is madness. You know, um... But it's supposed to look cool and stylized. That's the point. Yeah, well... No, sorry. Make... The more you describe this, the more it sounds like been there, seen that. Yeah. Boy, that From was making Netflix, me feel so. like motion sickness, boy. I was like, yo, this mm. is... Uh, this is... I was like, I'm glad it's not a person that motion sickness because I'll, I'll vomit all over the place. <laughs> this is... Yeah, this is terrible, now. And real jerky camera movements. And you could see, like, they're trying to accomplish, like... You know, um, let's do this scene in one take. 
Oh, okay, okay. Well, we're gonna do this one scene in a continuous shot, and but then you're gonna go and do that. And you know what else this movie reminds me of? Hardcore Henry. Oh, which 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 is one of my which is one of my like you know um favorite guilty pleasure movies. At least right. that show know what it was about, right? Yeah. Right. So you, like you see, like he would like how how hardcore Henry was like a FPS basically, right? Yes, yes. Right? That's the point. Mm-hmm. But this guy would roll up in a room and shoot somebody. Like how hardcore Henry would shoot them. Like the acting was so bad. Acting was so so bad. Even um, even my South Korean um, film standards, they bad. This is this is like a this is nah. Come on, there's some epic <laughs> epic Korean movies and like. This is probably just like the Van Damme Universal Soldier Six type, you know, of production level. But Netflix have it, you know, wow. that like storyline. That's how I feel about it, right? Mm. And um, things like this, man. Like, okay, you throw out a, a, a stun gas, a gas, a gas grenade or whatever, right? To stun people, dog. The gas ain't even out of the container as yet, and men don't fall it down. You know what I mean? Like that shit. That's garbage. What are you, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. So I mean, that like, I have, yeah, I have like pet, like the you, you you ever watch those um old school Jackie Chan movies? Yes. But they, but you know the modern ones, right? Yeah, like like police story and thing. Yeah. Okay. But but like the ones that he shoots in Australia. But you oh, know, like, um, uh, what was this one by? Who am I? That's what I need to uh, right. Yeah. And you, and you know, like the white actors could act or whatever, but they dubbed them anyway, mm-hmm. right? So, this is how it was in this movie, too. Like, I felt like they were like that kind of cheesy dub, shitty vibe. And like, all <laughs> yeah. the agents, all the agents looking like they're Mr. Smith from the, from the Matrix. And boy, when these men fall in dog in the room, when this guy's rescuing the, the, the daughter of the doctor, I was like. Why? Why? Why is all of this necessary? Why? Why any of this necessary? Anyway, guys, Netflix is our subscription you pay for, and I'll be honest. And I'll be honest with you all, it is not getting any better. In fact, I would say is a waste of money. To be honest, Netflix is a waste of money. Um, you only need Netflix. Once for the year, December, when everything release, get in December and binge watch everything you want to binge watch. Plus, you'll have the Christmas movie specials, right? Because uh, well, that, that's that's facts again, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, this is this is rubbish, right? It, it, these kind of movies and all the cancellations they make on Netflix and all these shows that they're not continuing, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And in fact, it's just at this at this point, entertainment wise, I feel like. The only reason we are having something called superhero burnout is because they've done so much so badly and they keep trying to force it down your throat now. Like, mm. you don't have to drop us. Just because Marvel does something, you, DC doesn't have to do something, a movie. Because I'll tell you what, Marvel animation is real shit. But DC animation is amazing. Of course, like I, right. I can't even, I can't even remember off the top of my head, you know, um, a, a, a new worthwhile uh, Marvel animated show. The last one I could, last one I could think about is uh, Punisher Black Widow. That was it, and All that right. was that, that was kind of shit too. Right. 
But as I say, this is not good enough, and this don't justify me paying for a subscription. Right? This is the kind yeah. of thing I cancel subscriptions for. It's like, yo. Yeah, but you know how, you know, you know, but... you know how Extraction was a hit? Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be like the South Korean Extraction. Like it was oh, just supposed okay. to, this was come out there and be a hit. But yeah. this was a real miss, boy. I, I, but you know who gonna like this? People that like um, mindless action start to end and they don't really care about storyline because the movie's just there to entertain them. That, that's like, what I was about to say, you know, because like I, I just picture everything from what you say. I just picture at least the action look kind of decent enough that you could just shut your brain off and watch it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so I mean, like, every audience for a movie, boy, you know, everybody gonna like something. But for me, and if, if you think from here and how I've described this movie that you think similar to me, you would not enjoy this movie. But if you don't think like me and you want to give this movie a shot, give it a shot. But personally, me, I rate this movie like a 3.5 out of 10. It was that bad. I was like, ugh. Wow, boy. That, that, yeah. that, that sucks, too. <sighs> what you could do? That's what you could do. Now everything is a hit, boy. Some, something ought to be a shit. <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. So let's talk about Bullet Train, right? Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ricardo, you, you, you saw this? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, right. I, um, I, I saw this pretty early in the week. I saw this like about I saw this Wednesday, I think. So, okay, no, I haven't had a chance to see it as yet, right? So, oh, all right, all right. Uh, that, that's what I know, right? Um, I wouldn't say that this is one of the most highly anticipated, uh, one of my highly anticipated films of this year, though. But you know, the moment when I saw the trailer, I was like, this is my kind of shit, right? <sighs> and essentially, is- what it is. Yeah, the only reason I cared about this is because it have what is a couple of people from Atlanta in it. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, one, one of one of which I knew was going to be in this, right? That's Brian, Brian Tyree Henry, right? AKA Paperboy, right? right? But a certain somebody else show up, which you'll get to, and I was like, wait, you understood what? But anyway, right. right? So yeah, um, so just to get this out of the way, right? Um, I am actually a fan, so to speak, of like these stylized crime slash gangster films right I, yeah. I i just have a fondness for shoes like that right of course you know for for many people it started with the great um pulp fiction right but then uh from from quentin tarantino but then you know guys like guy Ritchie came into the scene now so he brought right. stuff out like lock stock and two smoking barrels and snatch right still two of his greatest films right and that brought like a different dynamic tip it was still stylized or whatnot but it was more the the cockney british gangster blue color kind of vibe basically to it right yeah. so yeah i mean that was like a different vibe to it right and then you know from the 2000s of course and i mean in the 90s i mean they were big copycat films of pop fiction right but when you know snatch and lockstock dropped i mean they were they were numerous copies uh copycat films you know i mean of that style of of uh of gangster filmmaking right um perfect example being i'll use this as a reference to this movie here um smoking aces this right. film really does feel like smoking aces in that sense right. where you have these colorful, you know, um, hitmen and assassins and killers. And for some reason, they all come into this one place to do, every, everybody had to do this one job or a similar job. And it's just a matter of who's going to find out who, uh, who, who, who who's going to find out who and who's going to get involved right. in what and who, who's who basically going to survive. It, it, had, it, had right? a little, it had a little Edgar right in there for me as well. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you mean in terms of like yeah. um like these sort of um meta shots, if you will. I know it's yeah. kind of cutting back to you know um two years ago or three years yeah. ago it's something yeah. like that, right? They, mm-hmm. they do that a considerable amount of time in this, right? But yeah, but but the sell for me for this is not so much Brad Pitt, because yeah, he's a savage, but also right. one, we in Japan, and two, it's a bullet train. So all this stuff is gonna take place in a train, right? right. So it's kinda like a murder on the Orient Express, kinda bit, but right. kinda, yeah. but it's just mini a bunch little, of killers just come little bit into of a, yeah, a little bit of a bottle film, kind of. Right, know. yeah, kind of. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. But it's just really all these killers and all everybody have like this this hyper-stylized, superfluous um, backstory, basically. Right. And it's just a matter to just kind of figure out, okay, why are these guys here? What's the point? And yeah, who's going to survive this, right? So yeah, Ricardo, take it away. Um, what is Bullet Train about and what were your thoughts on it? All right, so... It's about an assassin. Uh, his original code name was Ladybug. Uh, he had a comeback. He comes back where he have, uh, you know, just hyped himself up to, you know, sort out something involving a bullet train from, I think, t- Tokyo to Kyoto. And his, basically, he had a normal contact that leave, but then he had to deal with a new handler. Um, I think Maria, Be- Maria Beetle, if I remember correctly. Um so his whole contact out. So what happened is that he, he had to deal with the new handler in this in this situation, and then he also have apparently three other um, killers on board who had to sort it out. And I think um, with this boy, the, the villain is um, <laughs> is Michael Shannon, <laughs> played who, the White Death. Uh, then yeah, so basically he's um, this crime syndicate. He, he had a cheese song, and he basically had to look up look out for. Uh, well, the white death's son that is at this the situation and involving a ransom, and they have to sort out that, and then multiple figures have to so- come into the situation to sort out that, and so on and so forth. That's where it starts, and as you run in, run in premise from there. Uh, money, $10 million, that's a lot. You know, go. People who are very good at killing other people, go. <laughs> that's what's going on here. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it starts up there, that spirals out. Uh, you want to start? Because I was, to be fair, I was a little underwhelmed by this. Um, I liked it. There's a lot of, for lack of a better term, it's style over substance. But that's the thing. It, it could've, I really felt it could have done more and punch up the script a little more. And I really wanted more character stuff, to be honest. Like, it, it's just a little too sparse. Like, it have a lot going on, but we do see that a lot going on. It's one of those... Right. And it, again, it's a bottle film, so it's fine. But you still need it. Like, it, again, uh, like, so I, I came in on a conversation. You guys mentioned the raid. The reason why the first raid was, was so brilliant is because you really get a sense of a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, even though it's a bottle situation. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. At least the first one, right? This have the same spacing. Like, it's like this tight spacing and all these external forces coming onto this one situation. But I felt this was a lot weaker, like in terms of like figuring out what's going on and why. And then when everything was all revealed, I was like, all right, well, that, that was not interesting. It was cool. It had a lot of fun. Fight was okay. I don't know what they're trying to, like, why they're trying to market Brad Pitt as this. Like, Brad Pitt rebranded himself for some reason. Like, why he trying to be action style all of a sudden in this way? You know? Where, yeah, this kind of goofy, goofy act. And it's like, he's trying to be funny too. Because, like, he was in Deadpool and had one kind of funny bit. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I forgot, I forget what yeah, that was. Yeah, it was, it was like a kind of funny bit, not really, it was kind of funny. But that is about it, like you try to pivot and, and run into that, I'm not sure what's going on here. But that is about it, like it's, it, I don't know, it, I'll just say, 
Brad Pitt is a little miscast for this, to be honest. Like, I just couldn't buy Brad Pitt in this role. It, he wasn't really holding me. He wasn't all that funny in this. And I suppose that's a big conceit. Like, it's supposed to do a lot of humor. But at least the marketing, like, sell it for that now. But this was like, all right, well, I thought you could have been. Because, you know, you expected it. Because that's how it feel like. It feel like J- funny John Wick. No? That's what it feel like, a little bit. Like, it's it's funny John Wick. There's a bunch of assassins, but they're making it funnier and more humorous. And sillier premise. That's about it. Like, I couldn't really whoop myself into it. So that's about how I feel about it in that, you know, initial feeling. I, again, I, I saw it Wednesday, so my brain kind of fog over. Because it was, guess, it was really kind of forgettable, to be honest, to be fair. Um, no, I, I, I understand, yeah. It is cool. It, it's a cool premise. I always thought this was a remake of the old, I think it's another movie in the 70s called The Bullet Train. It's not. Uh, oh, no. Not <laughs> no, sure. No. Yeah, I'm not sure. But like, uh, that's a, so I, I was thinking that. I went back and watched back that movie. It's like, no, it's not. But that's about it. It's just, I don't know. Is Tarantino, they probably could have got a better director for this movie too. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. But it just kind of fall flat for me. It's good. It's fine. Right, but it, it just didn't stand out to you. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's only, the only thing that had me cracking up is just the, 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 you know, when you see some face and you see who's who, like as a guest, basically like a, a cameo effectively. So, yes, like I didn't know Michael yes. Channel was, I didn't know Michael Channel was it is. Like, oh, I, I didn't know this? neither. Like the right. moment I, I saw know, his face, like, oh shit. Yeah, you? I didn't know, Um, I didn't know Sandra, Sandra Bullock was in this either. Like, okay, all right, see. Like, it take my while to pick up his that person, but like, all right. That's about it. Like, the only thing that had me going. But I felt the casting, they could make work a little bit better. I Personally, the problem is Brad Pitt, to be honest. Like, he, he just didn't hold, he didn't hold the film for me. Like, I think he's a good actor, great action star. Just didn't fit in this really particularly well. They could have do more. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. So, whatever. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it away, right? So, um, you know, just to follow up on what you said, you thought it was based off of a, sorry, a remake of an old film from the 70s, right? It's actually based off of a Japanese novel of the same name. I didn't even know that till like a few okay. days ago, right? right? And I actually watched this movie yesterday time when, I was recording this. When did that book come out? Um, I believe it was in the, um, in the, like, last decade, I believe. Okay, like, like, Quite, quite recently, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, I, I should actually seek it out though, because I, 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 I actually do think for the most part that this film stays faithful to the source material. But you know, it's it's American action film as well, to well, primarily action. Uh, sorry, American, but you know, American Japanese production, if you will, right? Um, and it's handled by um David Leitch, who you know he has well his first film being John Wick, and of course he he directed um Atomic Blonde, which was pretty decent for the most part, right? Right. And I would say you know well for me right um I actually enjoyed this right, but for me what I was worried about is that it was going to be too much style over substance, right? So just to get this out of the way, no, this is not a substance he- um, heavy movie. Nor did I nor did I expect it to be right. Um, I do appreciate. The effort, right? Or I should say the 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 amount of time, even though there's not a lot given to these various individuals that show up, right? Um, with the exception of a particular person who are getting to it a bit, right? But that's more of a reveal, like, oh shit, is this person? All right, all right, that I, like that, right? But I do appreciate that, okay, we kind of get some backstory into who these characters are, why they're on the train in the first place, why they're after this briefcase with the money, who's the white debt, why the white debt, uh, why white debt, sorry, it's a big deal and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, I thought that the actor for the most part was pretty decent. Like, I, I do love the chemistry between um, Brian T- um, Tyree Henry and Aaron Tyler Johnson, right? They play yeah. Lemon and Tangerine, okay. respectively, right? Yeah. And that is the typical, 
you know, um, oh gosh, the the easy easy whole pop fiction stick, you know, you have these two hitmen, and you know they always bounce off each other, and they have to right. work together, and they no, that, that's the thing. They, to, they, to, to, to to bust shots in a man's head, right? That, yeah, no, that, they, they held like, they held the movie together to me, and I was like, yeah, you could have, like I, I felt Bradford felt superfluous if anything. Like I'll, if I'll talk about Bradford. In a bit, if it was the three of them, like there's a three, well, the third assassin, who's the big surprise? If it was like they were the stars. That, the story could have worked better. I don't know. It's something about it that just feel bloated and weird. Like it just didn't flow as well as it could have. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. Uh, to be honest, I think that Lemon and Tangerine need a spin-off movie. Um right. And especially like where their relationship ends. Right. I'm not gonna say what the relationship is about, but where it ends, pretty much. Yeah. There's this. There's like. Yeah. Let me just see more of them though. Like, let's just see how they how they met up and they did jobs and whatnot. Cause there's there's flashbacks about when they did a job here and all that kind of stuff, right? So it works. And just because of the chemistry that both Brian and Aaron brought to the table is great. Eh? And by the way, Brian actually does a great like. It's it's not Cockney accent. But he does a great. He does a damn like believable British accent. I was shocked. Like, jeez, but like, all right, all right, people boy, do you think? Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> Um, also, someone who's playing British as well to um, Joey King. I didn't even know that she was in this as well too. She plays the prince. Um, right. Like in terms of like just her her look, like it she nails it right. She is you know she looks young, but you know she's actually this assassin all that kind of stuff. Now, so it it works well. Um, I was a little on the fence of her role in the story, but when it's revealed what her real purpose is, like okay, uh, 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 I get it. All right, I get. It. How her, her story ends, so to speak, had me going. I thought that was great. Because, <laughs> yeah, but what without anything, she is a flat-out psycho. But, you know, you don't really see it that much. Though. It's just like when you get deep in, like when you learn... When, when she actually gets like these these uh, one-on-one moments, that's when you really see how messed up she is. But you kind of understand why uh, when, you, when you learn more about her um, in, the, in the show, right? Um, to touch on Brad Pitt, I honestly think that he was just there to sell the film. Yep. But you know the way how this film is actually executed, it's not a Brad Pitt film. It's not about Brad Pitt. It is about these other characters. It, you know, it's it's uh you know it's a, a a multi-character film pretty much, right? But honestly, I think he is there to sell the film. They could have gotten any other you know Caucasian actor, sorry to speak, with charisma to play the yep. role. But 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 I thought for what he was, what his role was, it was good. It was good. He right. he he had presence. He made me laugh a few times. Other times, like, all right, I know you're playing dumb, but I mean, aren't you supposed to be like a badass? But yeah. I guess that's the point. And like throughout the story, he talk about how you have bad luck, and it leads to like all these shenanigans involved with him and all that kind of, uh, with involving him and all that too, right? And they work. They they entertaining. You know, you, you you have fun seeing him be a goofball, right? But at the same time, compared to these other guys, you're like, well, dude, like you you kind of like outclassed. You're like everybody else could pretty much kill you, and you just bumble your way out again, shot, right? Or stabbed. Case in point. Um, and uh, another sell for this movie was seeing um Bad Bunny. You know, what I mean, being this as well too. Right. right? Okay, and that was he, him. Okay. Yeah. yeah take yeah, my yeah, that's him. Up. That's him. Yeah, take my while to pick up who this was, you know. Like, okay, yeah, and, and and they have a pretty dope fight scene as well too. It's right, in the yeah, trailer yeah. as well too, right? Yeah, yeah. Both, both, actually, both. Well, the the the, the two fight scenes involve well, basically, one involving um Brad and Bad Bunny. Next one is with Brad and um Aaron. Yeah, those were in the trailer basically, right? But right. They, when you see them play out, yeah, they totally work, right? What I didn't expect though with uh with with Bad Bunny is that we actually get some backstory into him though, yeah. and here's where I lead into the style over substance, right? Because, yes, I, I, I do get the approach of this show, right? 
this is pretty much gangster worship, right? It's like all these guys have like these really like um, badass backstories like oh yeah they're the toughest roughest killers and you know they were baptized in fire and this thing and that thing right i especially see that with 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 bad money's character like i did not expect basically you get a montage involving why he becomes the wolf that's his character right but like i didn't see that coming out mile away and at first i was telling myself all right, this guy be some kind of self-indulgent kind of shit. Like, you know, we just have to shoot just how badass they are. And that, that's pretty much the point. But no, it actually leads into what the main conceit of the story is and why everybody's on this street. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I didn't see that. All right, all right, all right. And in his, in his case, it involves revenge, right? Now, I, 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 sorry if you're a bad buddy fan, but he's like hardly in the movie, even though he has a really, really effective montage or whatnot. But when he is there, he owns it, though. I will say that much. He owns that performance, though. I'll give him that much, man. Um, and then when he actually reveal, when it's actually reveal what really went on behind the scenes in the montage, as I will say, it, it, it makes for a great reveal, as I will say. And it, it connects, in a sense, to White Death, right? Um, also, speaking of White Death, I didn't expect to see Michael Shannon this. Like, the moment I'm watching my he's like, oh, shit, that's Michael Shannon? What? Yeah, <laughs> and it was funny. It was, I don't know, it was yeah. funny to be seeing this. Because, yeah, he could he could get hammy when he ready, you know, but, like, I would say he pulled off the Russian accent pretty, pretty good, though. And he made for a good last boss, right? And speaking of last boss, right. um, my boy, Hiroki Sonata, a.k.a. Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, he right. was there I love his presence in the film, right? Like, it's the typical, I'm the Japanese samurai guy, and I was part of Yakuza. It's it's that, right? Again, it's gangster worship. He pretty much plays his character from Avengers Endgame. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so again, you know, it's gangster worship. So, if you've seen one Yakuza film, you know what you're gonna get here. You're gonna get these guys with katanas, and you're, you're getting the scene set in snow, and you know, yeah. it's it's that, right? But I was like, all right, this is the show. This is what they're going for. All right, let's roll with it, right? What I will give the show credit for is that it does not play too much into these troops. It could have just easily been, all right, I'm a badass guy with a katana, and I'm a badass character with a knife, and I'm a badass character with guns. But no, they give the characters enough backstory for you to be like, okay, this is the guy, this is the person, this is why I should kind of take note of this person. Not really care, but take note yeah. of that person, right? Um, that being said, I know a lot of people will be kind of let down by the, the, the plot itself because it's not overly convoluted, but for what it is, it kind of is, but I didn't it's find myself here, too right? confused as to what was going on. Like, like I, it, it just kind of builds and builds and builds. Um, and while the payoff isn't exactly as strong as, as, as all that do, it still works. Like, it's still perfunctory in terms yeah, of what yeah, the problem, right? is, you know? Here's my problem. This is a book, Judd. Like somebody wrote up. That, that's what they say. It's, 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 that's what I say. It's from a novel. But I, 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 I feel they take a lot of creative liberties with this with this movie. Yeah? I, I don't think it's exactly how it was in the book. I think maybe the characters are the way they are. But I but feel like, they change a lot of stuff up for this movie. I find for a premise, that's supposed to be a book. That real underwhelming, though. Like, that's a book dog you write, you know? Really? You know, you know, it, what is the thing? The, the funny thing I was thinking about this, I was like, is this a novel or a graphic novel? Because the way how the show itself is and executed story-wise, this is like graphic novel kind of shit, though, but as, as a novel, I don't know, you know. This feels too nah, much like a graphic novel to me, buddy. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I feel it, it, I feel like probably was supposed to be, or maybe there is a graphic novel version of it somewhere, but it is a novel, like I say, right? 
Uh, but that being said, I mean, the actors do their thing. Everybody kind of owns their role. They get the time to shine. Even if it's small roles, like, say, Bad Bunny and even Miguel Zazie Beats. I did not see right. him coming to this. I'm not going to see who the character is, but the reveal is awesome. And yeah. what she does is awesome as well, too. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the train and all that, too. And it's, it, it's even to the point that at some point, uh, again, you know, like, like I've never been to Tokyo. I've never been to a bullet train. So, you know, there will be fights and there will be one a character will get shot or whatnot, right? And you would think that somebody else somewhere close by or some somebody working the train will at least be aware of what's going on. But it's like, no, like it's, a- it, it, it's not, that's not what they're going for. But it's not too unrealistic to the point like, you know, there's explosions and whatnot, right? And nobody knows. Uh, no, well, I hear anything. You know, at, at, at least when we get to the third act. But go on. No, I hear anything. I find how it, how it feels like it, you know, it feels like something that, because it's so it's so centered on the conceit of the bullet train, it's like, if it was the mid-90s when bullet trains was kind of an interesting idea for people... Like back then, maybe this would have worked. I know, but it's the title, bro. It's the title. Get it? Bullet? That I, I, I know it's dumb. I get, but I get that. that. My point is yeah. that it's a conceit now. Like, because yeah, it's on a train and it's a bullet train and that's a new idea. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean, right? Um, And lastly, well, sorry, a couple more things before I get through it, right? Um, The third act is over the top. But it's my kind of over the top though. I will say, yeah, yeah it is I so. I can't, I can't say I didn't have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I I had a blast with that too. That too, and that's not to say that leading up to it was was boring or terrible or anything like that. Eh? For one thing, this show will keep you entertained though for the most part. Eh? Even in the quiet moments. When I say quiet moments, I mean like dialogue moments, right? Because right. yeah, you do get a, a like a, a large amount of, of dialogue in this too. Um, that's not to say you don't get action, but but it's not like an action heavy movie but when it's, you do get action it's, it's it is Tarantino, you know it's tarantino dialogue where it's supposed to be more entertaining than informative and is more about character information stuff rather than actual information which works halfway halfway on this it's yes, still yes. fine yeah and, and and as you bring up tarantino and you know in terms of the oh gosh the guy richiness though that's where you know you will see characters kind of appear like when they when they're being introduced in slow-mo and you know you see right. you hear like you know some grand music playing in the background and whatnot like yeah like nearly everybody gets their moments like that like like when brad pitt gets to walk to bg staying alive and that was a great call by the way the way right. how they set it up that was cool like, i mean it's in the trailer the japanese version of staying alive but how it's set up visually i, I thought that would and on the subject of that before i forget just like a slight little detail here you actually get some japanese covers of classic songs and i thought right. that totally worked too you know uh, but it would, right? Um, cinematography, great. I mean, right. direction-wise is great. The way how David, the director, act, handles action is, is great as well, right? But again, don't go into the show expecting tons and tons and tons of action, right? But yeah, the third act in, in particular, though, yeah, that is where everything just gets ramped up to 11. I thought that absolutely works. And it didn't feel like it was... Out, you know, out of place with what we got before. You know I mean, it, it totally, totally works. So it's so over the top, so loud, so in your face. But I was like, yeah, I was on board from the beginning to the end. So just that, that, to that, I was like, yeah, that's how you have to end a movie like this. You know I mean, that's how you have to end it, right? I would say for, for people who go in and blind, Again, this don't, don't expect a lot of substance with this movie. This is not a substance-heavy movie, right? But there is a lot of style here. But what I will say, you could disagree with me if you want to, Ricardo. But I will say that. While it does feel hyper stylized, it's not too, you know, um, 
it's 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 not too self-indulgent. I I, I was worried about that going that it was going to be too self-indulgent or it was going to take itself too seriously. Like case in point, smoking age um, aces. I really right. wanted to enjoy that show, but I felt that show took itself way too seriously, in my opinion, right? But here, you know, you do get your serious moments and your intense moments. But pretty much, this is just action f- um, comedy. Like I I went the the audience I was I was with was cracking up at it. I was right. laughing at points. Like I was genuinely laughing at some points, and I was entertained and thrilled at other points as well too. I was concerned at other points points to i uh, yeah they just kept building these stakes up up and up and then you know when we get to that too that is just yeah all better off man so for me i enjoy the hell out of this though but in a guilty pleasure kind of way this is kind of movie you have to kind of go away with 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 two bears in and just have right. a blast watching this right but that being said though um i know some people might find it you know unnecessarily convoluted i don't think so but you know the 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 the, the twists and turns may feel convoluted but believe me it's not it's not really anything too hard for you to comprehend and where it all comes together may not be the most amazing thing ever but yeah at least the payoff though with that with that third act though is absolutely worth it man so for me as a guilty pleasure i'm giving this a lighter decent four out of five man i this this was i had a fun time watching this in, in theaters right. though i will see that much but again it's it's that sort of style over substance movies, but not in a bad way. This is actually one of the more better versions of that, right? And just the closings off. I know the whole gangster worship thing kind of still exists in t- today's action movies. So you know, it's easy to watch a movie like this and say, yeah, this is like Tarantino, yeah, this is guy Richie, yeah, yeah, been there, seen that. You get a little bit of Garrett Evans as well too, you know what I mean, with the read stuff and whatnot near the end. Right. The guys, the katanas, yeah, 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 you get that stuff, right? But at least well, the show. Um... Which movie is that with the, with the, the shot with the going through the motorcycles? I also get a name of that film. Or um, the the villainous, yeah. yeah. Is right. it villainous? I think so. I think so. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 That, uh, you, John Wick Trip off. Yeah. Right. That um, the yeah. villainous. I think that's it. Yeah. 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 So so yeah, you know you, you get bits and pieces of you know recent um action films. You get some gangster shit from like the 90s and 2000s but in this uh, but at least with this film here it felt fresh it didn't feel you know hip. it didn't feel like it was a bunch of troops strung together you know over right. the course of like what two hours you know what i mean but still like visually acting wise it was just dynamic it was just a lot of fun from saturn so yeah i would say if you have some time to kill and you just want to enjoy yourself just watching this bloody expletive leading action film yeah watch bullet train man See, Ricardo, final thoughts and reading. Yeah, um, I, I really wish it, it did more with the premise. I, I'm when you told me it's a book, that kind of weird and shocking because, like, yeah, I was expecting a smarter script and you know something along those lines. But, uh, yeah, rating, I don't know, five closer to six because it, the style, the style is there. Like, it, it really, you know, I, I'll admit I, I really enjoyed the, the, the final action sequence. It's a solid business, in my opinion. But oh, yeah, um, I, I was, so, sorry, sorry to cut today, right? No, no problem. Um. There are a few moments I forgot to mention too, where it's like where you have like these moments where you're like, oh gosh, like like understand the type of movie it is, but why? There's one involving a bottle of water. Like the context right. of it, I understand why it's there, but you could have easily taken out that scene. You could easily take it out that. Right. So yeah, there's there's a few moments where it kind of veers into self indulgence, but still it kind of keeps itself. Saying, focused, I, as I said, you know? as I said, if if it was if it made itself a little leaner, I'd have probably enjoy it now. But you you mentioned yeah, why Bad Pit is there is because. His only purpose is to um, is to beating now, which I agree with. It's a selling like, movie, yeah. That's why. That's movie. why, yeah. That's why he's a goofball. So you had to laugh at him because oh, it's it's Brad Pitt, ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, rating, yeah, closer to a, a five, but closer to a six to be honest. Like I didn't, I didn't hate this. I was just underwhelmed. I was expecting something more interesting and and something with it, but it's just like yeah, they just do this. 
So as you can see, guys, um, this is going to be divisive, right? Like some people, you know, if you just want to want a mindless action movie, although to be honest, it's not, it's so, not too mindless. It's not too mindless. You mentioned, you mentioned yeah. a, a couple of beers. Yeah, I went into this just straight face, and I'm sure if I had to drink a couple of beers going in, I would enjoy it more, to be fair. Like, I, I went to street face to what I enjoyed, right. but yeah, I would enjoy more if I had a couple of beers with me, to be honest. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's going to be divisive, right? If this is not your kind of thing, then yeah, you, this wouldn't do anything for you. But yeah, if you just want a fun action film, yeah, definitely check out Bullet Train, man. Right. Yeah, so um, let's talk about some DC for a while, man. Um, and this is going to lead, lead, sorry, into um, League of Super Pets and The Sandman, right, off of Netflix. So yeah, some 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 shenanigans was taking place at um, at Warner Brothers Discovery Boy over the past few days. Uh, one thing, well, I mean the big announcement, if we, uh, which you could kick, kick things off with, sorry, uh, Batgirl dread, Batgirl right. get shelved. <laughs> I like the more the more I hear about it now, the more I realize like maybe they maybe they have a dud in their hands, maybe. Right, but I mean, cool. I I was like, at at least put it out to the world to see and then let them judge it. Don't just rely on some tests, you know, screenings and whatnot. Well, but I mean, according to to Mr. David um, Sas Sas Love, sorry, ah, that's that's not the direction we're going, bro. So shelve that. So, and same thing goes for is, um, <laughs> Scoop Two. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of make a joke, and somebody made, tells me this joke is like, yeah, we are not sure if this is I pull Martin or Wake or something, like. Uh, it's kind of weird, right? Like, this man, he's supposed to be, what, from Discovery, and he clearly is, like, a, on, more on the end of like, reality television stuff because yeah. he want to do... with this um it's about reality television, so something with, with marriage or something like that. Which is by right, um, 90 Day Fiancé. Right, it, yeah. that bullshit. i like, you're fucking serious? That part of this? And the, the, the way thing's shaping up is that, yeah, either they're going to... Like, I have no idea if they're going to even continue DC at all. Like, that, it's quite possible they could drop all of this after these Slater movies come out now. Uh, because like yeah. for sure we get in, I think for sure we get in Flash, for sure we get in Aquaman, for sure we get in Shazam too, and then for sure we get in Black Adam, right? That's the four. Right. Like I think those we in lockdown. Right. Well, but I think from there the DCEU might be reset or maybe not. We don't right. Now the thing is, the thing is, we are Black Black Adam looking like it could be a basis for, for a reset, which I I don't mind because Black Adam's setting up a bunch of characters and like okay cool. Flash also is because of the nature of Flash. It's Flashpoint, and they're doing Flashpoint shot stuff. We could get maybe that, maybe. But then it have other shit that they could like not really do. Not sure what's going on. Like the Blue Beetle, that's still going. What's going on with that? I I haven't heard anything from that as yet. You know, I I feel so sorry for Homeboy if if that get if that get cancelled as well. So like I I still feel sorry for poor Leslie Grace. Like like why are yeah. you doing this to 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 um. Latinx actors boy, who want to be on DC like uh, somewhere uh, I don't know <laughs> I mean yeah but still though like it's just I mean just they would have put it out now because they keep saying right my thing is that they keep saying is um, what do you call it oh well we're doing it like five years now but you know five years would have kind of pulled the bad, bad girl movie though Part of the bad man movie good. yeah like five, five years would have fight up you know like study five years and them study what they do with with, um, with Ant-Man Ant-Man director dropout and I'm still do that, you know, and, and fight it up, you know. They had such faith in the project, you know. And it's yeah. not like some big masterpiece or anything like that, or some big crucial part of the MCU or anything like this. Ant Man is still is goofy nonsense. Yeah, and yeah, and it's still, it's, they still make it fit. They still make it fit. They put it out. Yeah. And this this man's cancel a whole movie that was more or less done. Like I get what it, I get the logic, you know. I get the logic, but still do like, dude. Yeah. I, 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 again, for me, that just shows just how um, unsure. 
you know, just just how was you were looking for. Just they 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 just kind of like kind of scared to put this stuff out. They they were just so indecisive about this stuff. Like, all right, we really want to make a Batgirl movie. That's how I see it. Like, we really want to make one. I wasn't the one going on Twitter and saying, yes, the world needs a Batgirl movie. They were like, we're going to do it. That's what they say in um in fandom. Um, last year I believe it was we doing it. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, we did it, but we're not going to put it out because, yeah, we don't have feet in it anymore. So, yeah. And it makes it, them look bad. It just makes yeah. them look bad. It but, makes but, them look incompetent. Yeah, you got the main problem is that it's done. The film is done. Like, dude, you don't do that shit for... You go, it's not like it is. it was shooting or middle of shooting. It's done, more or less. Like, at most, it needs a couple of reshoots. Like, all the yeah. serious, right? Like, you got to finish that talk. <laughs> like, you know, push it up. But, like, look, they say they talk about money and make money talk and whoever it is. Uh, from what I understand... Um, you know, Ray Fisher not coming back, so none of that. It's not like, oh, well, they're going to address Ray Fisher, you know, and he come back. I, I think Henry Cavill truly out now, um, which is, like, not surprised. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of be on this shit now. He be on this. Yeah, he done. He, enough. Um, what else? It, it, I don't know. It's shameful. Like, I don't know what's going on. I studied that 10 years ago, or, or, or nine years ago as Man of Steel. Like, you know, how it? Yeah. This, this is really unfortunate. As I said... I heard a couple of good, good, good news from this. Like, uh, Alan Horn, I hear you working with Alan Horn to build something up. I'm not sure going on there. It's like, all right, that, that's kind of good news, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 a couple things, couple, and then you could get to Ashton, right? So, um, you know, it is a bad deal, though. It's just so messed up, man. I mean, not just to, um, the, the, the people who worked with it, but yeah, to, to Warner and DC as a whole, man, you know? It is true. Um, and, and also, too, it's, it's just kind of funny because, like, what, last year or year before, I think it was last year, right? Wouldn't they the ones, wouldn't want anyone saying, yes, we're going to have, you know, with HBO Max, we're going to have theatrical and streaming releases on the same day. Look at us with Godzilla vs. Kong. Ha ha ha. And stuff like that, right? I look how that pretty much fizzles out, right? So, yeah. again, just indecisive. They just have plans. And then when you realize that we're kind of like, yeah, I don't know, why. you know what I mean? So, instead of like restructuring and doing it better, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to do what, what Marvel doing now or what Disney Plus doing. It's yeah. always like they and have to that, that look is, at the competitors that, and try to copy yeah. them, you know? And that's another fallacy too. Like the whole, oh, Marvel have a plan kind of thing. Not really. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of mis- misinformed to say that. What Marvel have is an outline, yes. right? And then they have a plan with movies, right? So you have your plan for movies. You have a general outline. Where you think when they introduced Thanos, they, they was going to do... They had some super plan and knew exactly what he was going to do in Infinity War. No. Oh. They had ideas. They had Thanos had general conceit. They had outline from the comics. That's it. And it's the same thing with this. And them, them are just thinking they're saying a plan, but a plan is not the same. I don't know. As I said, I, I, I've seen it. I've been saying it since since Batman v Superman came out, which is where's Alan Burnett and all of this? You know, <laughs> you, have, you, have a, you have a template with, with, with that. Um, uh, you know, another person I'll keep talking Well, I'll talk about later. Um, you know, who could have be part of this, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Boy. Is that, is that, the whole thing is I can real shit you right now, but holy shit. Like, I know, boy. I cannot I, believe you're in this position. Right? And it's the point, like, I, I, just, I, just re- I really try to care, you know? I really try to care over the past couple of days, though, know? but yeah. I was like, I, I don't know. I, it's, there's just so much out there in the world I can be concerned about, boy. But yeah, Warner and DC real shit in the bed right now, boy. But yeah. um, anyway, we're talking of um, Ashen, anything you just want to weigh in on this whole warner dc discovery debacle well you see zaslav have a lot of things going on right now eh? and um there's there's even rumors that dc comics might get scrapped 
So there's a lot of things happening at DC right now. So Carly, put your faith in nothing DC too hardcore right now. I mean, they they gave Flash a half season to wrap it up. Uh, Which I guess, again, I guess good. They know they cancel they cancel Flash. Good. Like that's, finally, <laughs> like two seasons ago, whatever. You know. Yeah, I don't know if Stargill dead, you know, um, Lock and Key is a DC thing, Sandman is a DC property, so now what's going to happen? we'll get into it a bit, but yeah, you know. Yeah, so that's my, that's my concern, I mean, DC have good things, but it's like, they don't want to build it, they just want the money now, because if Marvel doing it, they should be doing it. That's it, that's the attitude I get from, like, the DC camp, you know? But it yeah, don't look yeah. like that. You have to build it. Y'all had a chance to do it with the Snyderverse and they fumble the ball. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's facts, right? I don't know what, what, where the relationship went sour there, but that's just facts. They fumbled it big time there because they could have used all those guys and do all kind of things while they were yeah. building something in the background. Because, because you know? as I said, my, my thing with the Snyder, again, the problem with the Snyder, Snyder content is the Snyder part, right? Like he himself should just not be part of creative. That is all I see him. He could be part of production, make it look good, blah blah blah. We can't do right, right? Do do right. You're not. You think you're you're doing something clever. You're not doing anything clever. To have other much better people at this material. Get them. We didn't get that. Like we still get him talking about a bunch of shit that he think he being clever at, and and all his characters being clever at. We didn't, and it was just underwhelming in that sense. But they could have built from that. You, you, again, the little hope I have is the rock, right? Because I, I think um, Black Adam have potential. I've seen yeah, things that I, I might be like, right. But whatever, we'll see. Right. So just to use this as a segue now, right? So with all this, or at least me trying to forget this now while watching DC League of Super Pets, way, um, I had to see this right, right uh, one time before I even jump into, you know, um, into, you know, talk about the show proper. Uh, if 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 only we could get a series for, out of this way. Okay, I, this, this actually could of uh, could make for a great TV series in a way. Yeah, but I, I, it's as if we will get, which we probably won't. But yeah, just the premise of it alone will make for a great TV series. Way when I say great, I mean in terms of just family friendly content. That that's all I mean. Like you could get like a solid two three seasons out of this way. But uh, I I don't even think we will. But unfortunately, I, right? I, I I had fun with it. I thought it was okay. Uh, again, it, it had a few jokes. I was okay. I think like, yeah, that it's not so bad. And mostly because it's just the the, the, the main joke is the innocent dog stuff. Like yes, the rockers yes, crypto, yes. rockers crypto being just clueless is the joke. Like that is it, and it's a it's a good joke. They run it into the ground, but it's still a good joke. Yeah, and yeah. it's basically secret life of pets like that. That stuff with Louis C.K. that came out. I forget, oh, right, I don't that, know if, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forget about that, but we. Right, it's basically that with, but but literally that and DC is the same joke. It's all the same jokes. A bunch of voice actors. They come, they come and ad lib. They do the powers thing. It had some okay jokes involved. Like I, I thought the title was pretty funny. Uh, that was about it. Um, they have a couple bits with. I forget who was he. Who was the uh, guy who played Lex Luthor? Um, who played Lex Luthor? Boy, um, let me just pull it up quickly. Uh, Mark Marondrin. Right. Right. Okay. Good. Right. Yeah. So, is is it was decent enough. Like that was about it. I mean, it it would your yeah, time. It it not too too great. Like I get if it's for the kids. Like if if you. I can imagine kids liking it or loving it, maybe. But it was, I thought it was fine. Yeah, well, I, I, I echo your 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 um your views on this man. But um 
what it is about, actually, in a nutshell, is that, yeah, it, it just centers on Crypto the Superdog, right? I think this is actually the first time we've got, like, a, like a, like a movie, um, a movie about crypto, I believe, right? Okay. I, I have no working memory of... If yeah, because I, I know there was this one, like, you know, TV show, Crypto the Superdog, which I never right. watched. Like I, I just I heard, I just heard the, the team and I thought it was trash, so I never, I never bothered to watch it. But I think this this is like the first, you know, movie, like feature film, um, which which features that character. Uh, Justice League Action had an episode about him. That's what I remember the last time. But um, the one thing I thought it, we, we was missing was the Streaky the Cat. I thought that, 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 that character could have shown up. Um, that's about it. And then um, the, the cat, the Red Lantern cat, could have shown up too. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, well the thing is, for, for me, going into this, right, I, I just only knew crypto. I didn't know the other characters, but, right. you know, um, it, it kind of makes sense given, you know, the, the will of this. Yeah, they, they, they probably have, like, their own little spin-offs or they were in other comics or TV shows or whatnot, right? right. But they essentially, in a nutshell, it is about, <clears throat> sorry, it is about uh, crypto, right? Well, we actually see him, you know, from Krypton and, you know, following, you know, Clark when he was, you know, Kal-El and whatnot to Earth and when he becomes Superman and all that jazz, right? So, yeah, I mean, he is the, he is literally the pet of Superman, right? And he feels that kind of way now when Lois Lane steps into the picture, um, Clark wants to propose her. That's like, a, you know, a kind of a subplot, if you will. But essentially, um, Superman and the Justice League end up um, fighting off um, Lex because Lex has this scheme involving this um, this meteor of orange kryptonite now. Right. And, you know, well, actually, uh, not elaborate, but, you know, a guinea pig that that yeah. he he was doing you know kryptonite work on you know a while back actually acquires a piece of that orange kryptonite and it's actually voiced by mcgill kate mckinnon i actually forgot that she was in this right uh she plays lulu right and in the process now while she acquires her superpowers um this is in an animal shelter by the way um other animals acquire powers as well too so we have east who is played by kevin hart he yeah. gets powers um we have uh pb this is this potbelly pig who gets powers as well too. It's voiced by Vanessa Beer. I didn't even know she was in this as well too. Uh, Merton. This is a um, this is a turtle who is voiced by Natasha Leon. Like like yeah, Le- I La- she was Leon. Great. Yeah, like the moment I heard the voice, like yeah, that's Natasha. That's yeah. that's Natasha. It's that kind of you know that 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 low voice, that sort of horse, if you will, sort that of husky, New York yeah, yeah, voice, yeah. husky yeah. husky New yeah. York voice, and it fits it perfectly, right? We have Chip, the squirrel, who's played by Diego Luna. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, just just do so, right? So they all have their powers, right? And then, well, through some circumstances, actually, it's kind of funny how it happens, but let's just say that crypto um, ends up uh, um, swallowing, you know, some green kryptonite now. It's, it's kind of funny how that happens, actually. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it deactivates his powers now, and, you know, in the process, Superman is kidnapped by Lex, right, along with the other members of the Justice League. So yeah, it's up to Crypto who has no powers and these other, um, uh, you know, the animals who somehow escape, by the way, to help him out. But, you know, uh, along with Lex, the other big body is Lulu as well too, right? And I'll stop there. Um, <clears throat> so for me, you know, like, I know that I'm not, you know, this 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 film is like not for me. Uh, you know, I, I just talking as, you know, someone in the, in the late 30s, right? It's it's for kids. It's for, it's, it's for the family, right? But I mean, like, I just went by myself. I mean, there were kids laughing and all that kind of stuff. And I could, I could tell they were having fun, right? It's, it's a family film, right? Uh, although, to be fair, there are some, like, PG-level jokes in it as well, too. Normal, normal thing. Yeah. But in particular, one character, they're going to see it, too. They actually, like, use bleeps. Like, yeah, yeah, beep. You know what I mean? I was like, what? Yeah, which is okay. interesting. Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah that's yeah. surprising. I'm going to curse for censorship stuff. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Or the like, very, yeah. Yeah, like very meta. I, I think that's why it's this. It's meant to be meta in a sense. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, um, but overall though, I mean, I, I had fun watching this. Like, I wasn't blown away by this. Like, again, I'm, I'm old, so it's not like, you know, I'm going to be like lapping up every single second of it, right? But imagine kids watching this for the first time will just absolutely enjoy this, right? And I mean, it being a, a summer release as well too. Yeah, this, this makes for a great, you know, summer movie and whatnot, right? Um, the animation is decent for what it is, man. I mean, right. it's that like TV level quality <laughs> animation, but it, it's it, not like star level animation either. Right. It's a little cheap looking, but it's still good. It's still fine. Yeah, well, if you say cheap, I say standard. That that's that's right. the term I would. It look it looks standard. It looked like if I saw this on TV, um, I I wouldn't be like, wow, like they could have spent some extra cash on this, though. You know what I mean? Right. Like it it works for what it is, right? Um, no, we, we, just had, um, we just had the, the, that, that pirate movie with the little gill now. It's like, yeah. Well, was... Oh, right, right, right. Um, the CBC, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, like, I don't expect an Oscar-worthy visuals from this, you know. Like, right. again, it's not Pixar. It's not, it's not Walt Disney animation. It's 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 water, right? Um, But I did think, you know what I mean? Because, you know, like, I, I went to this kind of expected this to be along, along the level of, say, like the Lego movie 1 and 2 and, you know, the Lego Batman movie where there's, like, a particular visual style that kind of right. makes it stand off from the rest. Um, there's a few sort of, how to say, by fantasy sequences where it kind of fits that mold. Um, but, you know, they, they, they you know, it, it just kind of, like, clashes with everything else, but that's the point, right? But, yeah, I mean, visual-wise, it's nothing too overly stylized. Like, it's, it's, it's standard. That, that's all I say, right? Um, voice acting solid. I mean, you're not gonna get any like really, really major standout voice work, right? Um, Dwayne Johnson does this thing. Kevin Hart does this thing. I mean, this is like what the 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 end time they they actually collaborated in a film together. Right. So yeah. you know you know they have that chemistry, right? And then seeing who East is and his backstory, which I thought was, was really okay. compelling, yeah. and who he ends up align aligning with because he has slight spoiler or ended up like aligning with you know the Justice League, right? So who he ends up with makes Total, total sense. No, well, I know, I know this from the comics. I like, okay, okay. yeah, we, we know this character. Yeah, right, he was in Batman that... Beyond. He was in Batman Beyond. Oh shit, that's oh okay, okay, okay. I right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yes, yes, yes. And because right, so yeah, because right, and then and he and pretty much ends up with who we expected to end up. Right, there's a great bit though where you see both of them more or less talking the backstories alongside each other. I thought that was great, right? Right. And that's just what 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 for me clicked um, the most was just these subtle references to 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 DC comics, right? And just the nature of these DC superheroes. Like case in point, there's a blink in the miss moment where you see like hexes hacks or something like that like you see a sign it's like all right yeah jonah hex cowboy hat duh right right it's one of those kind of blinking and missing moments but i was like yeah that's real clever you know what i mean i really love that yeah just these smart subtle nods to what we already do about you know these characters right whether it's wonder woman or aquaman i love what they did with aquaman by the way basically <laughs> right. make him like a goof but i love that cyborg go but they do cyborg do to you that half bro. Yeah, yeah what is that half bro? what is that half bro? what is that Boy, that, hey, good, good thing he was barely in that movie, Jim. But yeah, bro, what, what is that? What is that? Um, I love the little reference to Wonder Woman's boots. That's all I said. I thought that was really I, clever. I um, but um, and by the way, Batman, no, Keanu Reeves as Batman. I not I, see yeah. that he is Will Arnett level great in terms yeah. of a Batman that we can laugh at. But I sorry, this is another Batman he can laugh at, Jack. Because when Keanu Reeves does his lights, it's not a lot, eh? but when he does his lights, though, it totally will. He's just fitting the whole 
I am grim. I am Batman. Right, right. I love when he says, I miss my parents. That had me cracking up. Like, yeah. It's just these little bits though, that had me going, right? Um, I was a little iffy about the villain, you know, even though it's voiced by Kate McKinnon, but it worked, right? And the mere fact that it's a guinea pig and, you know, it's been elaborate pretty much for, for Lex, it, it totally worked, right? Um, Lex is goofy as you'd expect it to, but yeah, he, he would say, but yeah, he, he was still that. The rest of this I know, right? Like he's just he, he's still that asshole that we love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's still kind of goofy at the same time too, right? But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is really about it is really the crypto story, right? It is about the pets, I should say, right? And you know, um, yes, the Justice League is put to the back. That's the point of the show. So right. don't go in expecting Justice League to be front and center. But that being said, you still get the the DC superhero trills because I thought it was just going to be. Oh, look at cute and look at the eyes. Look how cute this dog is and this pig and blah, blah, blah. You get that, right? It, it's purposefully there. It's there to make people go, oh, right? That's where it's there, right? Especially with the dogs, right? I mean, I'm a dog person. It's like you see right. seeing moments, seeing, seeing Crypto and Clark together. It's, it's like this. It's like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah and, then, and then bouncing and then countering that with Ace's backstory, which I see was like really compelling, but at the same time, kind of heartbreak at the same time, too, right? It, yeah. it would, right? So, yes, they play on the cuteness a lot, too, but you still get the DC action trills and whatnot, right? Um, there's a cat character, is a cat, right? I, I didn't even know this character was there, but, but I, I thought, like, as far as I'm talking, this, the power, the skill set was badass. Yeah, yeah, no, that didn't the, the football thing is very funny. I know. <laughs> that's yeah. what we'll say. Yeah. yeah, but that's I know, but um, I, I really so thought good. I really thought that that character could have been like the Lantern character. Sorry, the Red Lantern character, like or something like that. They could have do some more with that, but uh, like whatever, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean the story doesn't have a lot of depth to it though, but it does have a nice, albeit um simple, overly simplistic message about yeah, I mean adopt a pet and you know this is why right. pets are yeah, important exactly. and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean at the end of the day, it's it's an entertaining film. I, I saw it in theaters and um while this is this is what I show that admittedly I would I'd probably enjoy a lot more if I was home, I actually didn't feel like I waste my money. Like I felt like it was worth it. It was worth it. But it is really one to see with family, especially if you have kids. That that's what the show is designed for basically, right? So for me, if I have to read this, uh, strong tune after like four man. This 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 was fun, but in no way will I say that this is like one of the best movies of the year. But I will say like if you're just looking for something breezy, fun, lighthearted, and you know just a, you know what would make for like a great you know family time in the theaters at at, at the you know at the cinema. Sorry, yeah, uh, watch DC League of Super Pe- Super Pets man. But just yeah. go back to what I said before. I would actually would have liked to see a series out of this. Like this especially the way how it ends. You could tell, like, yeah, we, we have we have room to make a series out of this. And yeah, this this makes for TV series material, but you know, given the shenanigans we're going on right now, I, yeah, I don't think that will happen, unfortunately. Yeah, but even, like, even even shows like Harley Quinn under under threat. I think everything under threat that, that is animation. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Real, real sad times, boy. But at least the show will forget will make you forget about the sad times if if only for yeah. I want 45 minutes, right? But yeah, yeah whatever. All right, Mr. Ricardo, final thoughts on reader. Yeah, no, I, I, this, this was much better than I expected it to be. I was expecting it to be real, like, dumb and corny. And it was kind of corny, but, like, it wasn't dumb. I thought it was reasonably well done for what it was. Um, surprisingly, surprisingly entertaining and funny. And it worked, for the most part. Yeah, rating uh, more like a 7 out of 10. Not a masterpiece or anything like that. Just solid. 7 out of 10, closer to 8. I, I, I really dug it for what it was. All right, so up next now with DC, um, Ricardo, you saw a documentary, I believe, that aired on HBO Max about oh. um, Milestone Entertainment. So Yes, yes. Yeah, take it away. What's the, what's the name of it again? What's the, what's the title? Uh, Milestone Generations. 
Oh, Milestone Generations. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, take it away. What is this documentary about? Yeah, so j- just uh, a quick run through of the history of Milestone Comics. Um, you know, Dennis Cohen, um, Dwayne McDuffie, you know, just that whole thing. And it's just, just a group of guys who just want to pull off black superheroes in the comic industry and all of the, the drama and, and, you know, going on with a lot of that. And yeah, they just, they just run through the history. Uh, this was a lot. Um, it, was, well, it was hosted by Method Man. Uh, it was a lot shorter than I expected, but it was still decent and, and it did its job. And it was just getting into the, the history of um, just Mindstone Comics, what they were doing, what they were trying to say, um, the, the types of stories they were doing and, and the art style they were, they were, they were going for. They just get into all the, the history and the gritty. Um, Dennis Cohen was the main talking head. Uh, he was pretty good in it. And then they get into the, the big backstory. And it's a nice complimentary piece to when I think DC Fandom two, two years ago did um, a little thing on Dwayne McDuffie. Um, it's that. It's a, a big a big um, complimentary to Dwayne McDuffie and, and his passing. And then like some of the ideas on how he thought about it. And then the current paradigm of uh, Milestone um, uh, writers and, and, and artists and what they do and what's going on with that. And yeah, that is about it. Um, it wasn't too, too long or too deep. It was less than an hour. Uh, but I, I thought I really appreciated it. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, just, you know, getting into the history of it, you know, the, how art style was in the early 90s, what they decided to do, what kind of stories they were doing. Like, also, one of the big things is, like, I, I didn't even know that, you know, uh, Static, that original incarnation of Static Shock uh, right. was so, so, so serious and deep. And there's a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes uh, action and fighting down. And mostly, like, it's just the company fighting up with doing what stuff. And how um, disheveled and and um, how he became after the when the, the fall of the fall of milestone because basically what happens is that DC just kind of not shelved them but they, they they slashed their budget and they slashed the workers and oh this was looking where and why and like a big thing about about milestone is that it wasn't just black comics it was also uh, a lot of Hispanic comics and a lot of uh, you know marginalized groups a lot of LGBT material that had in it uh, you know it had trans characters and this is the nineties so it's like a big deal. Um, stuff like that. Uh, it's like, all right, you know, it, it do its thing, and it, it was it was a uh, you know for what it was and what it was trying to do. It was very progressive, but also really good art and good material. You, you could do both as the see kids, right? We'll get to another project that that kind of hint at that, right? Um, it's solid, solid documentary, short. Um, it's a it it had a slightly clumsy sta- staging conceit with um, a bunch of kids in a classroom with Method Man as the teacher. I don't know why they decided to do this. That kind of way. Like, they, they could have just played straight with him as he was on voice in it. However, um, apparently Methods made a song for this as well. I'm not sure if there's a new song. You could probably look that up. Um, okay, I, I would I would, I would, would love to hear it, actually. Yeah, in the end, he, he, he had a song about Miles. So I never heard the song before. I assume he did, did something. That was him. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's clearly for the, for the doc. It's clearly for the documentary. Right. So that that is that is pretty much it. Nothing nothing super to talk about. I mean, you, you you'll never hear the enemy praising doing McDuffie because he's such a great um, telepillar writer for a lot of animated stuff. And he, yes. he more or less uh, they brought in him they brought him in for static, right? That's when it it uh, it started. Like he did static, and then he went on to do well. He did you know him for for Ben Ten. Uh, did yes. a lot of great stuff for Adam. Yeah, yeah, listen. I'm not a big super fan of Benton, but Benton is a solid show. Like, I know Real Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, no, no denying that. Yeah. Right, exactly. Real. And then, well, in my opinion, he did some of the best episodes, teleplay episodes for Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, in my opinion. Um, That's right. Hmm? Yeah, some some good shit. Uh, yeah, well, you know, he, he left us way too soon. 
Um, they did a yeah. lot. I did a lot of stuff with, with, with his mother, his his his, his widow. Um, they talk about that a little bit, and they, they cover that. And then yeah, they 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 just talk about the future of it. I'm um, involving well with, uh, with Dennis Cohen and his work. And yeah, it's a it's a great template for you know uh, anyone else who wants to do you know comic stuff like you know us in the Caribbean and you know yes. us having to pick up stuff in, you know when you have no money and you you're, you're catching your ass and you have to do come up with good ideas and good stories and what you're gonna do with that and why. And they, they, they make it work. Um, yeah, written solid documentary. It could have been a little longer. I felt they could have probably do more detailed stuff. But like, I, it's clearly one of those controlled, contrived documentaries that is more, more controlled so they, it didn't get too too nasty or too dirty. Um, but yeah, it, it was sharp within an hour. So yeah, written, uh, I'll give it like a close to like an 8 out of 10, you know, close to a 7 to be honest. But, um, you know, it, it was solid for what it was. Decent documentary in my opinion. All right, all right, all right. Well, now that now I think about it, why they couldn't get um, well, formerly known as Little Romeo, why they couldn't get Romeo Miller to to, to be the host? Didn't he do the right. team he for the second for the second you. season of Static right. Shock? Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. Superhero like Static Shock, anyone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did, he did the second team song. That's true. However, moving on. Yeah, moving on, moving on. All right. So to close off our DC talk, now let's talk about Netflix's The Sandman, right? Sure. Um, so I will I will do the synopsis for this pretty much right, but you know we have to begin with our experience with uh, or at least our knowledge of the you know the the graphic novel or I should say comic book series itself right. So for me right, um, I've always heard about the Sandman. This was one of those um, books that I was always meaning to read, but I just never got around to it. Like I, I I I read like Sin City and V for Vendetta and Watchmen before right, but I never read the Sandman. And as I brought up those three, you know the reason, the main reason why I read those is because hey, a movie coming up, so let me see that right. And I'll bring this up in my thoughts of this series here. Right? So the moment I hear, okay, finally get a green letter series for this right? I want to say finally because I mean this book was was created from I think it ran from eighty nine to ninety five, right? You know, under the, the under the watchful eye of the great legendary Neil Gaiman, right? And I yes. mean, once I started reading the, the book itself, I was like, yeah, I I have mad respect for this guy, Dredd. In terms yeah, of yeah. just he's, his he's, creativity, yeah. just I just like his An understanding storytelling. Yeah. Even though it is cynical and dark at times, there, but nah, his his viewpoint and perspective on life and philosophy and yeah, just existential um, existentialism though is like yeah, just second to none, right? Oh yeah, he's he's a deep, he's a seriously deep dude with no pretensions, in my opinion. Um, yeah, truly, truly, I have no problem calling him the goat. I have no problem doing that. Like he's one of those are truly fantastic. I haven't read Sandman in ages. Like it's a hot ah, minute okay. time to read Sandman. You know what it's, You know when I? You know when I? I'll tell you when I. Got I, I bought my first copy of Sandman. Not when I read it, because when I first read it, it was internet pirating. But when I bought my first copy, uh, that was when you remember it had a, a, a bookstore next to Long Circular Mall. Anybody remember that shit? Uh, what was the name of that um, place? Uh, right? What was the name of that place? Yeah, it was that was the Vibes <laughs> place. That was RL Vibes place. Long right, 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 uh, right. But I think I know you talk about here. Yeah. But the close down. No, I know what, they go, what going on with them now. Or if they move, then that's why I buy that. That's okay, when I buy okay. it. Wow. Hot minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. This I watched the first episode and I saw the episode where the girl where the girl wake up and she have a granddaughter. Because she got pregnant when she was Right, in, right, in, right, right, right. Right. I saw um, that what, what, that episode because I, because I was watching it and I saw it in passing. Because my mom watching it too. So I was just like passing. I was like, oh, you're each here, okay, no problem. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Just kind of right. like pick it and see it. Okay, okay. Right. right. So that, so I only watched one episode. So I know how the show is. I enjoyed the first episode. I thought it was solid. It didn't, it right. didn't wow me or blow me away. 
but it was a solid like hey this is good the guy who the, the guy who they cast for for uh for, for morpheus morpheus yeah amazing like yes yes i'll, like, I'll talk about that too yeah. so anyway yeah. go ahead yeah. Right, right, right. But um, but but before I get carried away, though, um, um, Ashton. Well, I mean, I know you know you being a comic book collector and whatnot. Um, you must. Yeah, I mean, of course, you knew about the Sandman, right? But um, you know, we we spoke about this earlier on. Um, you're not a DC fan, right? So, but but still, regardless of the fact that you're not a DC fan, um, you you never like sought out the Sandman or at least like decided to at least find out why this 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 book is so widely revered. Right, so here's the problem with that with me, right? I can't buy random issues of a book. I have to have the entire run, right? right. And the cost of Sandman one is probably like a thousand, maybe plus dollars US. Damn, son. Right. Really? It could be worth even more than that. So I was gonna tell you, Ricardo, you should check your copy that you have. If it's a single issue, it would it would be worth money if you still have it. Okay, okay, no problem. Well, it's in, it in a pile somewhere. Somewhere. Honestly, you should go through all your comic books and check them. You might, have, you might be sitting on some serious money. Probably, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but yeah, um, be- between this, um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Extended Universe and Mouse, that's the graphic novels I rate like super high. Like that is my like my, probably my personal favorite now. So yeah, oh, this was... I yeah. haven't read Mouse in a jeez. I am. I'll read Mouse, I'll read Mouse. <laughs> yeah, I shocked the make a mouse move. Yeah, the mouse is like some seriously dreadful. Like mouse yeah. real blue. Like, like if, if they have a watershed down movie from like what the late seventies, why they have a why they have why can't they have a mouse animated film? Like just saying. I, I um I like I like Watchmen, but I don't love Watchmen. Like Watchmen, good. Like I rate Watchmen pretty high, but it's not like in the top tier now. Um. But but oh, the book, is, right? The book, right? Books, yeah, books. But yeah, but but uh, I, I I love it, but but I don't have it too high neither. Yeah. Right. But but Sandman, Sandman is pretty high because again the just we're talking about and it's at the time now. Like this was the eighties, right? Like, this man real hard us. Like, I know real... why. Like I I watch this stuff as like late eighties man, like transcending you know yeah. pe- your time period or because of all these stuff you talk because about. He knew, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man, do a version of Animal Man, and it's some real meta shit. Do I like but you serious? Animal Man, you know. <laughs> yeah, look up Animal Man, right? His his run on Animal, Animal Man, it's some real dread shit, though. I like okay. this man is on next level. Hold on, it, when he came out and see career and thing, it's like, all right, well, this man, this man didn't shit. Do. Like he could easily yeah. be a, a, like just an author, straight author. He didn't need to do the comic book thing. Because at the time, like still, we still kind of looked down on comic book artists, like right. even to this day, right? Like, like, like I admit that. Um, but I thought this this was this this man was real hard for years, and he again. If you're called New Game on the Goat, I'm not going to fight you down. It's like, yeah, you're on real hard. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah so, so, so what I'll do with, with this series here, I'll try to be as spoiler-free as possible, right? Um, But yeah, for, for just, a, just a close on my introduction, right? So literally, oh, I right, started reading so this on, book. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish uh-huh. what I was saying uh, because I get... Oh, oh, oh sorry, 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 oh, bro. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, do it, do it. Excited, yeah, I went off, right? So I was going to say, right, in terms of me not reading DC books, uh. There's a reason for that. And the reason is I was a Marvel fan because more than story-driven books, I was more interested in um, action-driven books and art-driven books at the time. Art that right. appealed to me, right? And that was mostly found in Marvel. But later on the road, I started reading Batman. And then I became slightly a Batman fan. Still not a DC fan. And from there, I jumped straight into independent comics. Right? So... 
I know more about Neil Gaiman from his other stuff that he's worked on rather than his Sandman. But I do know that Sandman is iconic stories, telling and writing. And I can tell that from the show. And I'm right. kind of glad I never read the book because I go into the show with a fresh perspective. So I have zero expectations. So my expectations are being exceeded currently. Oh, nice, nice, right? nice. Because yeah, I like yeah. the pacing of the show. I, I like that it's not the stereotypical comic book show, right? Because when people think it's a comic book property, they think in action and real over-the-top things and real flashiness. But this show is not about that. This show is about more like the human condition and why we need certain, why we feel we need certain things and why dreams are important to us and why hope is important and why dreams and nightmares are a synergistic thing and it's just something that you have to live with. And just the character himself, he is neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's Very not good, a yeah. hero. He's not a villain. Very new. Yeah. Very just, new at this point, he's a bothered. He's a bothered person, right? So he's yes. been bothered by other people, and now he's just annoyed, and he has to go and do all of this stuff just to get back himself, basically. And um, yes, yes, you're right. You know, I think. Like when I do sit down to read this book, which is going to be after I watch the show, I think I'm going to be very happy with the book. I think I'll be more happy with the book than the show, but I'm going to rate the show very well, you know, because I'm very, I'm very, I'm one for accuracy. And some shots that I've seen from the show versus what I've seen from the book, they look spot on. They look great, mm. you know. And mm-hmm. as I said, the casting of the guy, amazing. Yes. At first, my wife was like, Who is this guy? And I was like, Yo, this guy is really handsome. I told her that one time. I was like, this "Yeah, I know, go in front, like like Tom right. Storage, who plays uh, mm-hmm. Morpheus. Do do dance, on man, go front." Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't. And she didn't see it at first. And she's like, "This guy's ugly, Ash, and I don't know what you're talking about." I tell you, we sit down watching one episode, and when she's actually able to look at him and watch him, she's like, "Yo, you're right. You know, this is a handsome guy." I was like, "Well, I tell you that." <laughs> you know? And his acting is good i have to yeah. look and see where else he's been in so i can see what he's what he's about now or this yes, is yes. opt-in is amazing yeah all right nice 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 well well you know i'm glad that you know we we hear in perspectives of you know someone who is familiar with the books and, and going into this and one who hasn't read the books and going into his blind right um and i'll talk about that in terms of you know one's enjoyment of the show right? but uh just before i jump in right so i just say in general so i literally started reading these books uh two weeks right before um before this this aired on netflix right but also um to uh, to accompany my my digestion of the of the comics themselves i actually got the um the audiobook right off of um audible nice. right now the thing is they only have the first two volumes of of Sandman itself right and thankfully, those two, uh, those first two vol- uh, volumes, uh, uh, pretty much make up this this season here, right? So right. first half is volume one, second half is volume two, right? And there's other, you know, volumes as well too. Can remember this book started from eighty nine and ending fifty um ninety five, right? So there's a lot more story that um to to expect, right? Both in you know the comics and the and the series, right? The TV series, right? So um. What it shows about it in, in general is that it centers on the character of Morpheus, right? AKA Dream, right? Is played by um, Tom Sturridge, right? 
he is the king of dreams and nightmares technically he's, he's not so much a god but he has godlike powers right and essentially he rules um this dimension called the dreaming right this is where you know basically all human beings go to when we sleep right so every everybody's dreams whatever it is that's where it all takes place right he's a guy who runs things right so in 1916, now this um this one I would say the suitseer guy, right, uh, who is played by Charles Dance of all yep. people. Like, yeah. I was like, what? Poopy Castle, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who plays Sir Roderick Burgess, right? He ends up doing this ritual, right, because basically he wants to acquire death. The, the um and basically um these figures, right? They call the endless. So there's seven um members of these endless, right? So there's death, there's there's um there's dream, there's despair, who we see, and we also have desire. Um I will I will talk about desire as well too, right? But yeah, basically you just see those four. No in the other books you'll see the other three, right? But yeah, he was trying to acquire debt, but he had again dream for some reason and he was like, All right, well, dream have these powers and I want to be known as a guy who captured dream, so he keeps him more or less locked for years, right? I choose some circumstances. Well, Roderick died and his son pretty much took his place. And then, well, you know, um, well, this is this is actually pretty interesting because, um, like, I wasn't really thinking about it, but the show actually is set in 1989, like the comics, right? It actually is set in, well, t- t- really technically 2021, right? So he is freed in that time period. I'm not going to say how or, or what happens, right? But yeah, in the end, well, basically, Roderick's son dies, right? That's all I'll say, right? Um, so yeah, now um, you know Morpheus is back out to the world. He returns. He's dreaming. Um, he runs into Lucian, who is the librarian who works at you know the dreaming and and, and smart call in terms of that only making Lucian black, but also making her female, right? Because yeah, in the book, it's actually a male white guy, right? I thought that was really cool. So it's not L-U-C-I-E-N like in the comics, but it's L-U-C-I-E-N-N-E. It's like, ah, okay, 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 okay. I actually love the actress who plays her as well too, right? This British actress. Um, I haven't seen her in anything, right? But she just has a look about it, right? I thought that performance-wise, she was great, right? And yeah, it's just basically about him trying to like reset the dreaming. But what happens is that these dreams are nightmares themselves. So these are like these supernatural figures. They pretty much escape into the real world, as we call it, as they call it in the show, the waking, right? One of whom is the Corinthian, right? Who is played by Bo- um, Boyd Holbrook, right? So essentially, he is a nightmare and he is pretty much a serial killer, right? And yeah, he has this plan pretty much to acquire power because he knows that Dream has escaped, right? And his plan is just to be powerful. So in, in case Dream t- try to take him back into Dreaming, he could, you know, battle him, right? And it eventually involves the character of Rose Walker, who we learn actually, this is the second half of the show, um, has powers of her own as well too. And it more involves her being able to travel through Dreams, right? And along the line, you know, there's other characters who show up as well too, right? And it, it it all relates to, you know, the dream and what he has to do, but also how, you know, Morpheus himself views the world, views humanity, and right? And that, at the end of the day, is really at the heart of what this show and the story of the Salmon is about, right? So jumping into this um this review here proper, right? So what I will say right off the bat, and this is coming from somebody who actually read the book two weeks prior to watch this show, right? This is as feet full to the source material as it ever needed to be like i was genuinely like shocked and surprised at how faithful it is right to the point that they lift lines of dialogue line by line and put this into the show right it is it is amazing how they were able to pull this off right and to the performances boy everybody do their thing not saying that everybody like 
pull off some kind of masterful performance, but everybody came shine to do the things. Uh, Tom Storage is great as as Morpheus, right? And it's funny, right? Because you know, seeing the character in in the comics and hearing him in the voice in the in the audiobook, I, I forgot the actor who played him actually, right? But one thing that you know is it, amazing how Tom pleased, right? Now, when it comes to the character of of Morpheus, right? He's that kind of brooding character who kind of talks to himself and talks to the people. And he's always pondering and thinking about and, you know, thinking about the world and why humans would, you know, act the way they do and all that kind of stuff. Pretty much a majority of, of his role in this is pretty much trying to understand the human condition, right? But how Tom plays it, though, like, in particular, like, if you watch his eyes, right? Like, if you notice, he hardly blinks it out. He, he barely even blinks it, right? And it kind of works because, yeah, the character is about... His 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 shtick is about sleep, right? So, kind of looks kind of like he's sleepwalking in a sense. Well, sorry, with his eyes open. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a kind of a weird thing that he does, though. But he plays that sort of brooding, half-awake kind of character very, very, very well. Though. This is a stellar performance, I, I must say, right? Um, who also shines as well, too. I thought that Boyd Holbrook, who plays Karina, I thought he was great, too. Uh, very creepy as well, too, right? Now, what Ketchma off guard is that he actually plays a major role in this season here. He's actually the main antagonist, right? Which is funny because the first volume is where he is really the villain, right? But here they actually make this decision to make him the primary antagonist throughout the season, which is a really smart call when you think about that. This is one thing that the show really shines in. There's a lot of very smart calls, like just the decision to, to make Lucian, you know, a female and black, right? I, I thought it was really cool, right? Um, also, it is a representation, right? Um, compared to the book, like a lot of you know, you know, black and Indian actors as well too, right? So, case in point, the characters of Cain and Abel, right? The the, the brothers. Right. Uh, well, Cain actually always has this thing about killing Abel, and Abel rises back from the grave and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, they play by by well British Indian actors, right? I will say, you know, because and it makes sense because I mean Neil is great, uh, Neil Gaiman is British, right? So a lot of British actors in this, right? But you yeah. have some of you a few American actors too, like you have Patton Oswalt who plays Matthew. Even. Okay, yeah. right. So I, I was about to get to that point. But I also need to stop stop voicing goofy characters and side animals. Which, which dog, is, dog. Is, he 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 was yeah, in Modok just the other yeah, day. He played yeah, Modok. <laughs> you forget MCU as the little elf creature thing. Like who's all of this? All right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it's because he 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 is a comic actor. So like, yeah, let me play comedic like or you know you know colorful like characters like that though. but he didn't take my out to the show i was like oh yeah all right because well, i didn't yeah. know who the voice was i was like oh yeah that's pattern right but even like the character of machu though like he i believe he was in his second volume but the decision to bring him in early and establish early on that yeah um you know dream must have a raven with him right you know the the lord of dreams must have a raven like just establish that early on in the first episode like yeah this makes sense right um what was kind of interesting in terms of of um of of cast and whatnot and you know um gender swapping is the character of um well it's not john constantine anymore it's johanna constantine right okay i thought that was like a kind of a weird call but i understand given the context of the book because yes the book is set in the dc universe right so yes right. you know the john constantine that we know i i don't know if he originated from sandman but I know, like, like Neil had the opportunity to pull other old characters, old DC characters, right? So I'm not saying that, you know, Sandman is the or is where you first see John, right, in on on on, on um in, in comic book form, right? I don't know, but um, I think the decision to have you know John be Johanna in this case is just so we don't have to connect it to well, Legends of Tomorrow, where John Constantine is a major player in that, right? right. You know, well, now canceled Legends of Tomorrow, I must say. 
Right. Well, well, no, the other thing too is that because uh, well, again, we will see how how Black Adam turns out. But like, there's a lot of magic stuff that might be setting up for going forward. No? And oh, okay, okay. They might be trying to separate it from that potential John Constantine from Justice League Dark. Um, right. Maybe. I'm not sure. That right, right. that is is some of those. Change. I'm not sure if it's creative changes or not. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing to show also does too, right? Like it, it, it kind of visually like excludes itself in the DC universe, right? So what you will see, ironically, that you brought up the whole um, you know, milestone comics, uh, a character is shown watching static to- uh, shock of all things, like oh, right, okay, right, okay, yeah. okay, okay, you know, I, mean? mm-hmm. I, I, I like that, I like that, right? But in no way, like compared to the original um series, uh, comic book series, do they reference you know Justice League or Batman or, or something like that? Case in point, yeah, right. um, you know, um, oh gosh, um, jo- well, jo- John Burgess, aka Doctor Destiny, right? In the comics, he's called that, but they right. don't ever mention it here. So yeah. in the comics, he was in Arkham Asylum, but here's like, no, it's just this psychiatric place in in Buffalo, New York. That's that's right. it, yeah. right? Yeah. I thought I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right that, that's interesting too. And it's played by uh, David uh, Tulis, right? I haven't seen him in, in 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 anything in a long while, right? Um, speaking of which, so you, you you will see some familiar faces in this, right? Like case in point, um, Gwendolyn Christie, right? If if right. you remember, who played Tart in Game of Thrones. She played Lucifer Morningstar, like, all right, right. okay, yeah. okay, okay. And <laughs> it actually worked, though. Like, I, I, I know a couple of people kind of make fun of she here, here style of this, though. But like, I thought in terms of, like, yeah, I, I rule hell, though, and this is me. Like, I thought it was really cool, though. So just just to, to touch on story quickly, right? So pretty much the major um, stories that take place in the first two volumes are visualized here in this series here. Um, there's even to the point where you will get like a couple of of, of, of actual issues put together, right? And that makes a story, right? Case in point, um, involving the character of Debt, who um, like in the old book was, you know, is a white woman and actually in the audiobook is played by Kat Dennings of all people, but she have a real nice voice, I'll give her that though. In this case, they get this, um, this, uh, you know, black British actress to play her. I, I know I saw her before somewhere, but she looked very familiar. Yeah, she played that, and and it, and it works, right? Like in no way did I find myself question. Wait, no, but if they related, how come she black and he white? Like well, that wasn't me. I was like, oh gosh, spirits, it's, yeah. it's 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 gods, right? It's spirits, yeah, like whatever. True. Nobody cares, right? Um, the character of Desire, right? Um, actually is you know non-binary, right? And you know one thing that that actually amazes me about the book though is how um forward um forward thinking and progressive it was in terms of well yeah lgbtq representation because yeah you, you you do see you know numerous characters who actually fall within that spectrum right and case in point desires one right um the, the the person who who plays that that character i thought they were great though like just the look the voice they nailed that they nailed that absolutely right and yeah just like the the the, the um, second volume where um they show up um you don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of desire, but when that character is there, yeah, they own it, right? For sure, right? And I would say that if you are familiar with those two volumes, yeah, you will notice a lot of key, uh, visual cues. Um, like I say, you know, they, they literally borrow line, um, line by line and whatnot. So yeah, you will you will just enjoy like, oh yes, I remember this, I remember this. Like case in point with with um, Corinthian and the serial co- convention, which by the way. That that concept alone is brilliant. Right? Like when I saw that in the comic book form, I was like, "Wow!" Only only something like that could come from the mind of Neil Gaiman. Like like yeah. the serial convention. What is this, right? <laughs> Especially like the dialogue that goes on there. That is so amazing, right? Now that being said, though, this this kind of leads to an issue that I know a lot of people will have in this, right? 
if you're a fan of this, if you, if you know the books by heart or whatnot, or if you're at least marginally familiar with it, or at least in my case, how I read the books uh, recently prior to watching this now, um, you really would be surprised by what happens in this. Like, right. I saw everything. I was like, yeah, this pretty much plays out exactly what was in the books. Yeah, so so nothing really, like, you know, amazed me or shocked me. I was just like, yeah, it's exactly how it was. All right. But I don't mean I was there to take by it. It's just like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Right. I know what's going to happen, right? There yeah, are few you, twists and turns here or there, but other than that, the stories stay pretty much the same how they right. were, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah it's only, uh, the only big change is really the casting and the look of the characters. Like, okay, there's a black yeah. person now, a white person now, a woman this time. That's about it. Um, yeah, yeah. And in, in this context, it's not particularly a problem for me personally because it's like, yeah, they they magic people. Like, who cares? <laughs> exactly, exactly. They they the magic people, right? And speaking of that too, like for people who go in and blind, um, just let you know the salmon is weird EF. Eh? Like yeah. when I was reading the comics, I was listening. I was yeah. like, yeah, this shit uh, weird though, but yeah. good weird, eh? great weird, yeah. I must say. But yeah, for some, but I know like this this series, I would say the season. This even even Sandman as a whole is not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. It's not gonna be. Some may find it a little pretentious. Some people might find it way too existential. Some people might find it too dark. And yes, the comics in, in, in particular were pretty, pretty dark. Like goddamn dark in my opinion, right? If I have one little tiny nitpick though, is that yes, there are some dark moments in this season for sure. But again, because I know what to expect is like yeah, dark, but it wasn't as dark as what I what I discovered it for the first time. So it, it's that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like you, you know what to, to expect. So when you see it expressed again, it's like, oh yeah, I remember that, but eh, not as dark as what I saw it for the first time, right? And this leads to just my personal issue with the, with the show, right? Now, as I mentioned before, I mentioned V for Vendetta, Watchmen, um, you know, um, Sin City, right? Those books, oh, and yeah, I forgot to mention even 300 as well, too, right? So those right, books right, always right. have like a specific visual style, right? So with Sandman, it's very surreal, right? There's a lot of like macabre imagery and surreal visuals and all that kind of stuff, right? Now, while I applaud this show, right, Fali's going out of the way to make the fantastical stuff look as believable and as lifelike as possible. And, you know, also I forgot to mention to even get ILM involved in this, so I'm like, what? ILM in this? Oh, okay, bro, okay. Spend all your money. And yeah, uh, apparently they spend a lot of cash per episode to, to, to do this. They, yeah, they, 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 they pump a lot of money into this show, though. Yeah, and no, it, it shows, good, right? really look good. It shows. Yeah. It looks yeah. sleek. It looks sleek, right? But I will say, though, like for me personally, you know, because you're adapting such a, a, a revered book, right? Um, I felt like, you know, some of the artistic stuff from the book could have been translated a little bit more into this, right? I'm not blaming it on the, on the directors involved or the cinematographers or the people who do the VFX. But I just find, personally, they could have been, like, right, like, like say, Sid City, for example, you can look at the book, watch a movie, and be like, yeah, it looks similar, right? Um, see, anyway, 300, you look at the book, thing, thing. Even to extend Watchmen, you look at the book, you look at the movie, right? Like, I felt here, like, we could have gotten that. Like, here, it just feels like, a standard so so to speak TV show like something that you could just see yeah. on TV and it, like it if you just went to completely, um, completely blind and nobody told you it was called the Sam I was based off of this graphic novel you're like okay I, I didn't even know that because it just looks so standard you know right. in terms of like big it, budget TV shows you know, right? it me I just felt like it could have something more of a visual flair that reminded me of the original book it, it reminded me a little bit of Mama Jim Henson's storyteller it had that uh, kind of I remember vibe. that, but I never yeah. saw it. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Now it had that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know you talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wish that there was something more visually to 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 tell us. You know, not only is it from a comic book, but yeah, the visuals really add a lot to the storytelling. Because yeah, I felt that the visuals alone in that comic book too um, did so much in terms of just creating this dark but still fantastical world, right? But in terms of its themes of you know life and death, right? Yeah, really, what the show is about, what the series about this, you know, the story as a whole is about. Yeah, it's about life and death, and just how humans looked it and reacted, right? It's a very dark and grim world that that Neil make though. And yeah, at, at times it just chills me to my core and how much how much this man actually get away with this. Like just how yeah. deep and dark this man went with the storytelling alone. But it's like, jeez, but like wow, you know what I mean? But yeah. you could see how it trickled into other, you know, um fantasy books and mm-hmm. TV shows yep. and whatnot. Very you, Yeah, like you, you could see like Wells Watchers like, yeah, this is where Game of Thrones get the whole vibe from. This is where Castlevania, the series, get the vibe from. Like, you could see how influential that is, though, you know? So I just felt like, like, while they nearly the tone now, they nearly it well, they nearly the narrative well, and the characters, and the characterization, and all that. But just from a visual perspective, we could have gotten more of it. It could have been a little bit more stylized and weird, you know what I mean? But, you know, but that's just me off of reading the book and hearing the audiobook, right? So again, that being said, though, um, I, I believe that people going in blind would appreciate it, though, but I would say if you could at least be familiar, at least familiarize yourself with the source material, I think that will help with your enjoyment of it a lot more. But I do hope that with this show here, that at least more people will actually check out the, the, the books, right? Because they're great. I really, really, I really do need to, to read the rest of it, right? That being said, though, um, I am a, a little bit concerned of the reception of this, right? Because I know some people, like some diehard fans, felt that it doesn't live up to the hype. It's not, it's faithful, yes, but it's not, it kind of falls short, you know what I mean? It, along that line, uh, I imagine some people going blind might think this thing is weird and pretentious and makes absolutely no sense. But I do hope that the, the reception continues to be positive, though, because I think that this needs another season. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's more story nice. to be told anyway, right? But there needs to be more, man. I really do hope that more people give this a watch. Um, if it's not your cup of tea, fine. Same thing like the book. If it's not your cup of tea, fine. But give it a try, man. Give it a try. That I, I do... I. I, I believe that you will enjoy it and appreciate it for what it is, and especially with how faithful and how how the creators went out of the way to make it as faithful and authentic the source material as possible, man. So, reader wise, as I saw the whole thing, um, I'm going to like to decent four or five, man. This this actually surprised me, man. I was like, whoa, okay, they, they really put effort into this, though. I just wish that visually it it, it could have harkened back more to the actual comics themselves, right? It was that, that weird, unique visual style that, you know, yeah. they, they did in that book, right? But that being said, the characterization is there, the dialogue is there, literally word for word. Um, you know, just, just, and even the teams themselves that Neil explored so great is there. And last thing I'll say before, before we move on, um, I must give credit to the writers behind this though, for kind of simplifying the story though, you know, because right. for me personally, right. If it wasn't for the audiobook, I probably wouldn't understand, say, you know, um, 40% of what I read. Like, the audiobook kind of helped guide me along into what the vibe is, what they're going for with the story. Like, in this dark tone that they go with, right? But here, the, the story is simple enough for you to understand the world and the characters and motivations and whatnot, right? So, I must commend the, 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 the filmmakers for that, man. But yeah, this this one has promised, man. I do hope that more people check it out. And lastly, Netflix, no cancel this trade. All they have a hit on their, all they have a hit on all their hand with this one. Don't yeah. cancel it. I don't know about well, what's going you know, on behind the scenes with Warner, weird. but y'all don't cancel this too, though, please. 
you know. Yeah, they, they had to pick it up because you know, they, you know, Stranger Things wrapping up, and you now they need something weird for people to eat up. So I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 for real, for real. And last but certainly not least, let's talk about pre, right? Um, <laughs> it, it it's funny that we're talking about pre, right? Because you know, uh, back in 2018, when a little film called The Predator came out, right, uh, which I still rank as one of the top ten worst movies of <laughs> the 2010s, right? Yeah, Shade Blocker. Shade Wrote and director said, Jesus Christ, right? Shea, yeah, Shea, I, Shea, be ashamed of themselves, Black. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I told myself that this is probably the end of the franchise or like this 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 series it's done, you know what I mean? The, the Predator franchise, right? Yeah. I do still stand by my statement back in 2018 where, you know, this 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 franchise has been inconsistent, you know what I mean, in terms of just where it went, in terms of its narrative and conceit and all that kind of stuff, right? Much to my surprise, we got Prey, right? Which is a prequel now to the original Predator, right? And even more surprising, this thing came out on Hulu, right? Right. So um, just, just to make this a reference to a review that we did earlier on for a film that we absolutely loved, Prey Boy. Prey was yeah. hard boy. Prey hard boy. Prey hard boy. Prey was real hard boy. Hot sauce had a native American dread. I did the predator. Come on, boy. Yeah, made on top, boy. Yeah, boy. But yeah, we're kind of taking away what is Prey about. Right. So yeah, so is the early, you know, 18th century. Yes. Early 18th century, a young well, it's Comanche they were, I think. It, yeah, it's Comanche. It's Comanche. Right. right. So Naru. Well, Naru is the character's name, right? I'm not reading it yet. Right. So Naru, yeah, she's she's a little little Disney princess, right? She kinda Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah, she she does kinda oh, nobody take it too seriously because she's a woman and yes. you know she, and, but 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 I know medicine and I could track, so they're right. they like, she, all right, cool, she, you're coming with us then. <laughs> she had to prove herself, she had to prove yeah. herself in terms of she had to push herself in terms of hunting, and there's like, nah, you can't be no hunter, you know, you're a little girl. And she's like the bratty little sister who had a come along, kind of thing. But she go out on she own with she dog, and doing she own thing, and she coming up with she own little clever tricks or whatever it is with the hunting party, and so on and so forth. Uh, she, she, I'll be fair, she kind of a little dotish when she ready, because like, the first thing, <laughs> the first thing she decided to hunt is African, like, like a bear, like, come on. Like, I mean, well, it's a, look, it's, it's about proving one's quote-unquote yeah, manhood, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that, that's with it. Because right? the thing is, the animal, the other animal is like, that other animal is dangerous enough, you know, you cannot go for that, you know. Uh, but what happens that she oh, you gets... Mean, oh, you mean the mountain lion, right? Mountain lion, right. Right. So, right. yeah, so what happens that she... Mountain lion, and then what happens that she she noticed something kind of off, like she thinks of something, because she saw, she basically, well, saw uh, the predator ship, and she said, no, she saw the fire hawk or something like that. Mm. And... Then she's like, no, it have a creature, and it's like, and then well, she she um, all your family and she cousin and the, the the rest of the friends is like laughing at she normal thing, uh character wise that's straightforward it is, but anyway, eventually she bounces up, she bounces on the predator, and then the predator you know as usual predator doing predator things, and they meet some French, French I think what they were trackers. I'm not sure what they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think they were trappers, actually. Trappers, yeah. right? You know, right. So it's, it's, you know, they, they're looking for their pelts, right? Um, you know, more pelts. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Ah, I see. And, <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much it. And it is, um, you know, we get some predator drama and they eventually predator kill off. We had a kill off and she had to survive and she sorted out. It's predator. We yeah. saw the first predator, you know, we're getting into it. And I thought uh, Amber Min Hunter was excellent. I thought she was great, yes. greatly make yes. it work. Um, um, she was actually in in Legion, though, you know what I mean, and some other shows. But because right, I forgot Legion right, for a hot minute, right. 
right. Um, yeah, okay. but I actually thought that this shoe was like a first time I do. Um, but okay, yeah, okay. like okay. in terms of just the look and just what she was able to do physically, though, yeah, she killed it, though. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, so I thought she was she was great in this. She held, she held it together. Uh, she really felt like uh, a person in, in over her head. Um, it didn't feel too contrived how she beat Predator. Like, it makes sense. They, they made it make sense. And is my boy, um, you know, Dan Trachtenberg. You know, yes, yes. He, he did one of my favorite movies of the year that came out. That was 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's, that's right, right. Which, which I believe we, we covered when it came out. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, thought, I thought that was pretty damn good. I uh, actually really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I thought this was pretty badass. It's, you know, we get to see the Yaucha. It's kind of, a, it's kind of weird that we don't get to see more of these. Like, the Predator franchise never, like, they finally, like, nail it. Because it was always weird, like, hey, how come we don't have, like, 20 of these? Very easy premise for, like, an anthology series. Predator yeah. versus Mongolian. Predator versus Maasai Warrior. Predator, look, the Northman. Northman, boy. Northman. Yeah, Northman, boy. No. <laughs> We can like a Predator vs. Dortmund, so just take out the bad guy from Dortmund and play the Predator and he fight it on Volcano. How awesome that would that be? Yeah. It's that. Like, it's just normal human shit. Predator coming down, trying to do some hunting thing. Human fight back and win because, you know, lucky. But not so lucky at the same time, really ingenuity and clever. And they make it work. Um, And, yeah, this is one of them. This like, yeah, Predator, it could be Predator vs. Ninjas, Predator vs. Pirates, Predator vs. Samurai. Predator versus Egyptian warrior, and because it's, it's such an ancient civilization, you can go back to any time in human history, more or less. Thank you. And they make it work. But yet, for some reason, every one of the Predator franchise just never nail it. They just, yeah. after the first film, like, okay, so I'm in the camp that likes Predator 2, right? I don't love Predator 2, but I like Predator 2. Right? I, I, I like the effort to do something different. Right. It was weird. It was, yep. it was a little weird. They, they went kind of left wheel at it, but it is a movie that, that did in some interesting things. Yes. yes. Um, I remember liking okay, so AVP. I like the first AVP, kinda, right? Again, yeah, only, kinda. Um, only the, because the second that. one, second one right. is a travesty. But yeah, the first yeah. one was then, you know Santa Leighton. I mean, Santa Leighton, right? That's the yeah. reason I went to watch it anyway. But it's like, guys, right, it's right. <laughs> and then I, um, I really enjoyed Predators. Right, Predators was the Me movie, which, right? Yeah, but really but as, as I brought up in my review of the Predator, I actually thought that the Predator was going to follow up after Predators, but it, it wasn't, you know, because uh, yeah, of the way how Predators end, like how the cliffhanger so and what is, what is kill, like, what the, yeah. why the Predator itself never fucking what, what is kill, what is kill, what kill these Predator movies is all the law building bullshit, no? Like, you don't need to know about Yauta and the society or whoever they are. I don't need to know about them. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I just like the idea. Look, these um, alien warriors, they have to right. prove themselves. Right. They do the hunting and thing. They rise the amongst hunting. the ranks. That's what EVP yeah. did so they, well. You know? Yeah. And they come, they do their thing. I don't, like, you, can, you can understand why they kind of do this because it's kids. Like, that's always on the study predators. It's like, it's like, the kids? I never see them as kids. I see them as, no, the men, the hardback, the hardback men. Well, I just interpret them as young, like trying to prove themselves kind of thing. It's some of them. Like oh, I, I, of, I see, kind of like the warriors that we see here, mostly right. young. It's a parallel, uh, right, yeah. it's a parallel kind of thing now. They're very young, they have to prove themselves in wherever it is, and it's predator version of their rituals or whatever it is. That's always interpret this, right? That, it's a parallel in that sense now. That way they don't, they're not that bright and they're kind of fucking it up a little bit now. Because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not experienced now. And he by himself, and he had to make sense of it, but he have all his advanced tech. A uh, small little thing I liked. Uh, the advanced tech wasn't so advanced, like, from the time of this, the 300 years or so, from this, some since the events of uh, 
for the first movie. Yeah, first yeah. Movie, which, right. which 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 I loved. I love that. That's a very 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 smart call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the the technology advanced just the, you know, you still capable of space flight apparently, but like in little things like the shield is like a metal shield this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, even the explosive devices were different. Yeah. And it felt, right. The setup it felt, of it, it is a lot so different. Tough. Yeah, they felt they felt more primitive somehow, but primitives for predators now. It didn't feel as as, as advanced technology, but you still have the 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 um, we call it the 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 infrared and stuff like that now. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of like just the set pieces, great set pieces. The the, the fight so great, like you had a fight with the wolf, that was pretty badass. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes. You had a fight with the, the, the one with the bear really got to me. That one got to me. My that God. was pretty badass too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought we, it was just solid for what it was. I didn't love it, love it. I just think I felt they could have done some more character work with the, with the main characters and uh, what's your name, Saru, whoever it is. Um, Naru. 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 Naru, yeah. Right. And it just, they just, it's just a little too simple. Also, I, well, from what I understand, there's a Comanche cut. So there's a version where you could see them speaking entirely in Comanche. Um, but uh, I find well, I'll, I'll start off my review with that. But good thing yeah. you brought that up, yeah. Right, but he, he, I find the English thing they're just like like just white kids, like just a bunch of white kids, <laughs> like just kids now. And that, that takes yeah. me out a little bit. But I heard there's a oh, Comanche okay, cut coming. Okay, okay. Right. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah. No, I, I heard there's a Comanche cut coming, so I want to hear it in Comanche and see how it, it's sung in. Cool. Um, and then one of the main things is just the representation of the, the tribes and make it accurate as accurate as possible. This yes. is great. They nailed that. That kind of will building you had to do. They, they make it work. And then they, they, they just build from there. Uh, solid. You know, give it a thing and I'll give it a rating and we can go. Right. Okay. So um, I'm I'm a, I'm keep this short and sweet, right? I yeah. I love this film. Though. I did not yeah, expect to enjoy this as much as I did, right? Simply because it just took it back to its roots, like in every sense of the word. It felt yeah. simple to the point. We're not trying to copy the first film, but we're doing something a little bit different. You know what I mean? But we stay into the core of what it's about, and it's just about these intense hunting, right? You know, hunter versus prey. That's what it is, right? And it's so funny, right? Like it took. X amount of years, right? Now we're in 2022 and somebody at, at 20, 20th Century Studios is like, you know, instead of just calling this movie Predator or Predator this, Predator that, why don't we just make a prequel and call it Prey? Right. Ding! Light yeah. bulb. You, you, you would think, like, honestly, you would think that somebody would have come up with this concept sooner enough, you know. And I can't say that this was some, this was like a, a script that was in the back burner for decades or whatnot, right? But it legit feel like an idea that could have been executed like ages ago when the Predator franchise was just, was still trying to find its footing, right? Because again, inconsistency, right? Um, I did see, you know, or I should say listen to part of the Comanche cut, right? So, but here's the funny thing, right? It's, I believe, because, because and I have to give the show huge props for this, right? They actually cast um, American actors who have Native American ancestry, right? So I believe right. um, Amber, um, you know, Mid-Thunder, actually, was she, yeah, she's from the Sioux tribe, right? But right. just the mere fact that they got actors who are who have that um, that that um, that ancestry in them, right? Yeah, that was a brilliant, brilliant call, right? So yeah. the Comanche got that, but they are sorry, but they they, they are talking standard English. Sure. Well, American English, pretty much, right? So in the Comanche cut, though, it's actually a dub. It's actually a Comanche dub, right? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I okay. just watch this. I watch it. It's like, no, they're talking English. 
So I just went back to English. Like, all right, well, I'll just stick with the English. Shit, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. That being said, though, it wait, is it on? Is it? Is it? Is it in the? Okay, where did you watch it? Because is it on the on the Hulu player? They, they have a Comanche translation. Is that the case? I did not watch it on Hulu. I kind of shipped me to visit, and okay. <laughs> they actually put out both versions of it. Actually, right? Okay, no problem. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it it would take you out the show, right? Because you know it have the subtitles and whatnot, right? But it's just it's just pretty much there to make it. You know, a little bit more authentic to you know how the 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 actors or sorry how the characters would have spoken there, right? That being said, in terms of the dialogue and whatnot, right? I I know for for some people it might take them out like what is sound in America, what is saying, hey, let's do this or whatever, whatever, right? It's not too American, it's not too standard English, okay. right? Yeah. But it reminds me a lot of a little film from I believe two thousand six, which is one of my favorite shows of the two thousands, called Apocalypto. Right. It feels very much like right. that. Right. You know, where, <laughs> yes, Melly it's Gibbs. a period piece. <laughs> yeah. Sorry? Melly Gibbs, Melly Gibbs. Yeah, Melly Gibbs, right? Where it's yeah. a period piece, yes, is in Mayan warriors and whatnot. Right. But yeah, okay. they're talking standard English. Like, there's a character who says, I'm walking here, right? Kind of like what Dustin Hoffman see in Midnight Cowboy. There's, there's a moment, if you remember, where a guy got his piece ripped off by a panther, and then the <laughs> other guy watching him say, we're fucked. Like, I mean, it's, it's that, right? Right. It doesn't take you out of the story itself. But it's like, yeah, it's a modern show, so we have the characters talk talk and sound modern. That That's really what it is, right? But I know it will be a nitpick for some people. Like, yeah, why, why are they talking like this? But it, it, it sounds like some teenagers from the States just, you know, <laughs> basically out the woods looking for predators, right? That, that's what it is, right? But it didn't take me out of the show, basically, right? Um, the casting, I thought, was great. Like, it's a small cast, but I do love the fact that it is, you know, just these actors who have uh, of Native American ancestry. I thought that was that was really a smart call, right? Um, Amber Midthunder, though, this is like the first time I see her in a show. Don't mind, right. I forgot, you know, Legion for a hot minute, right? Yeah, she she steals the show. She's a star dread. She's an action star dread. The right. show kind of put her as, you know, one of the big, you know, action badasses, I would say, you know, just, and not just for, for what she does in terms of fighting of the Predator, but just what she goes through and how she overcomes it, right? Reminds me a lot of, of like, Apocalypto, right? Where, you know, is this character, this random character who's just put in this, like, life or death situation. It's just this, this endless chase, pretty much, like him being targeted, right? But yeah, in this case, is her being prey and then eventually becoming Predator, which makes a lot of sense right uh to touch on the predator love the design i love how it like the 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 mask itself right or the helmet if you want to call it that yeah, i love like the smart call of, of making it slightly feel sort of native america like almost like right all right it's skull. one of those yeah like a skull it looks yeah, like, like a skull, skull right yeah yeah and when you look at it it's like yeah you can imagine like some warrior tribe in in the states back then you know, would have had some sort of helmet like that, like so, I don't know, some sort of buffalo skull have it on top of the the head, the head, right. like or like a like a headpiece or some kind of thing. So and riding off into battle, it totally works. It's like yeah, yeah, this this actually fitting. And but the real smart call though is just the characters themselves, having them be warriors themselves on a hunt, and then you have this well, the predator himself on a hunt as well yep. too, right? Yeah. And you know it's just the 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 parallels. So you know, um, the you know the 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 tribesmen trying to hunt this big creature, right? And then at the same time you're seeing how you know bigger creatures attack smaller creatures, and then you will see like the predator watching this thing for the first time. And this is this is like I love how they make it sound, make it simple visually, right? But this is one of those things that kind of gets muddled with the subsequent um, Predator films. It does like was the reason for them hunting, but in his case is like, all right, I just want to see who the half, what, what the alpha male creature is in this world. I got hunted, so okay, it's not the wolf, okay, it's not the um, bear, 
oh, it's human. All right, I'm gonna right. hunt humans, and that's it. Right. That, that that's it. That that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did not expect the French trappers a mile away though. Yeah. I love how they make it work too, where they have one character who actually speaks the language, and well, you know, if you watch right. the original yeah, cut, Comanche, it's right. English, but if it's Comanche, it's Comanche, right? And just be. And I love the mere fact that they have guns too, and you know, because it, remi- it reminds me so much of well, yeah, the the military team that was in the first one, right? Yeah. That's how those trappers were 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 targeted. I would say by the predator was badass. I loved every second of it. There's a few. There, there's some really like sweet kills in this though. Yeah. And I will say, um, if you're an animal lover, um, there, there there's some animal violence in this as well too. So be yeah, uh, forewarned. The, the CG. That's the one thing that kind of pull it on a little bit. The CG. CG animals. Yeah, well, well yeah. yeah. Um, especially like, well, I sh- yeah, I should say, yeah, the CG animals in general. Like, um, I know it's, it's 20th Century Studios. I know it's Hulu, right? But you can kind of tell they're working on a budget, which I kind of understand given who the director is. They're kind of working on a budget. So, yeah, when it comes to the, the CG animals, yeah, they look like CG animals. Especially that bear, when you see it's like, yeah, that's CG bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they make it look look okay. But I thought it had one scene with the wolf and the rabbit. That would look a little Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See that? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. They, 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 they kind of cut corners with the mountain lion because it was a night show. It's like, yeah, they, you know yeah, why they do that. Yeah. We, we all know why they do that, right? <laughs> but I do applaud the fact that they didn't, they didn't resort to that tactic of having scenes take place at night. So they can right, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, right. the CG there's like, ah, oh, we're we going to have daytime shots. You know what I mean? We're going to do that, right? Um, speaking of daytime shots, though, um, cinematography, whoo! On yeah, point looks, though, on yeah. point. Looks damn, 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 damn great though. You do it. It looks believable. It looks like uh, it's not sparse or anything like that. But you could tell that this is a world where literally, if you don't know your surroundings and if you don't know how to defend yourself, yeah, you could die easily. It is a doggy dog world there, literally, right? And yeah, just love how you know Naru kind of just learns through all of this and just what she goes through. And yeah, it's painful. Um, it's life threatening for her, right? There, yeah, she goes through the ringer in this though. But how she comes back out and how she just pretty much shows to to you know that just her her brethren. But yeah, to the viewer, yeah, she a badass. So when 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 shit hits the fan, yeah, I mean she really stole it there, man. And just her confrontations with the uh, with the predator absolutely worked for me, right? Um, the music I thought was great as well too. Um, it's done by Sarah um, Sheena. Um, first time I heard about her, right? But yeah, she did a great score for this. They incorporate some, you know, Native American, you know, um, drums and stuff like that to so make it work, right? But yeah, at the end of the day, this is just a pure return to form to pray. They didn't overcomplicate things. They kept it simple. They kept it to the point. I love how they compared the Comanche rite of passage in terms of this warrior hunting to the predator himself and his rite yeah. of passage as well too. I love how, you know, just how it, it, it was genuinely intense at some points as well too. And it was just damn fun just just watch this, man. And for me though, just to get to read it, it it's really something that you wish could have like, it, 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 I don't know, like, while I was watching it's like, wow, why did, why did it come with this sooner though this is such a great idea Jen. all this stuff with the predator and the this and the that Jen. like go back to basics man you know what i mean so i i would love to see like incarnations of this like how you see you know predator versus you know mayan or ninja that would that would make for, for like a great series of, of prequels or whatnot right 
But um, yeah, the, the the Predator franchise is back on track. Though I don't know where it's gonna go in the near, in the near future. I don't think it'll go anywhere at all. But hey, I you know we didn't expect this and hair drop right. And I will I will say right off the bat, yeah, this is one of the best films I have seen thus far, man. I I really dug the hell out of this man. So rating wise, I'm gonna give this a strong four to a light four and a half out of five, man. I had a blast with this though. Simple to the point, back to the roots. No over over complication. We're not trying to reference the the old film too much. And by the way, before I forget. It's a couple of references to the old film as well. There's one in particular. That's line. At the end, I clap at that. I was like, that is so smart. I, I, know, like, I, know, I remember the line where you say, like, you say it, it's at the line where you say, um, if it could bleed, if it, if it, could if bleed, it, if it, it bleeds, it, yeah, we, we right. could kill it. Yeah. When I hear that, I was like, yeah. all right. Yeah. That's smart, smart I, line. Is that it's organ- it very organic. <laughs> It didn't feel yes. contrived at all. It's very <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, man. Even if we don't get another sequel or prequel to this, man, um, Amber Midtunder has a future in terms of just of uh, just on screen presence, man, and just standing just dope films, man. And yeah, I mean, Prey is is easy one of the best, um, you know, Predator films. I would say I would I would have this right up there with the first film, man. I mean, the, the first film will always be on top there for me, but I would easily put Prey right under this too and I guess to the extent I could put either Predator 2 or Predators in my opinion right um, the Predator does not exist in my eyes that is total garbage still one of the worst films in the past decade so that could you know suck salt as far as I could say man but yeah um, Predator is back on track though it, it took yeah. them long but back on track man that's all I'll say sorry man so final thoughts on Rita yeah, uh, I, I thought this was really excellent again you know just solid filmmaking across the board um I didn't. I felt it. It, it could have done more with the character. Work, but it was again keep it simple, so it's, it don't, don't overthink it. Um, but I felt it could have still do a little more with the character. Work, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't written eight out of ten, closer to a nine to be honest. Um, this might make my best of the year list. I don't know. Um, but it it was just, it just did so much right and very little wrong. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Right, right, right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where can I find you online? Uh, Passat R-M-E-D-D-Y That is at R-M-E-D on Twitter And then type in Ricardo Medina You can find me there uh, Ashton, where can people find you online? You can find me on YouTube At The Unquestionable Nerds Just uh, type that in the search engine All one word And you'll find me on YouTube And now you can find me on Instagram At The Unquestionable Nerd Underscore TT Yeah, that's it You can find The Unquestionable Nerd At those two locations in the description to this podcast, you will find a link tree link. If you go on that, you'll find my Fiverr gigs. You'll find my Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook links. Uh, on the Facebook and YouTube, you'll find excerpts from this episode of BBB Radio, along with other episodes of Retrospect Reviews, and of course, BS Beats and Bailey. And the stuff to look forward to, um, well, you know, Trainwreck, Woodstock 99, you saw it. Um, Ashton right. was watching it. Uh, I will finally jump into it. Um, I, we, you know, we could talk about the first half of Harley Quinn. Um, I forgot sure. to mention, Primal started back as well, too, you know? Okay. Which is right, a show that okay. I absolutely nice. love, right? Nice, um, nice, nice, so nice, I yeah. believe it will be reaching its first half, similar to Harley Quinn, so I guess we could talk about that. Right. I believe we're supposed to be getting a third season of Dota, Dragon's Blood. I didn't see the second okay. season, so I guess no I'll problem. catch up on that. Later on this month, we're supposed to get in She-Hulk, Atelier at Law. Right. We're supposed to get mm-hmm. season two of the Cuphead show. That, that catch me off, guy. Like, wait, right. Cuphead show, season one was... Like a few months ago, bro. Like, well, yeah. all of a sudden, all right, okay, okay, whatever. And yeah, I mean, in general, you know, when it if if there are any TV shows or movies, you know, we'll check it out. We will give them, you know, a checkout, and you know, we will share our thoughts on those in this podcast. 
And yeah, that's pretty much about it. Once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Matribili and Ricardo Medina. Thanks again for coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Ashton Menzies, thanks again for coming through. Yo, thanks for having me. Good evening, good night, everyone. Sure, sure, sure. And this has been another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care. Stay safe in and out. Peace.